Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Peter. Episode 152. We're in the Gladstone Arms. Another pint of Hepcat. At least we think it is, anyway. Um, how are you doing? Not too bad, yeah. Still yeah. quite shocked that we're in episode 152. I don't know where that came from. It's like... I know, where did it all, where did it all go? Where did it all go? I mean, we've, you're right that we've hardly seen any live games in the time of that 152. <sighs> God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's suppressing, it's true. It's true. Definitely have more episodes than hot dinners. We, we've zoomed the shit out of it, though, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's so good to be back regularly at the, uh, the Gladstone. It's been great, hasn't yeah. it? It's been I good. missed it last week in my rainy week in Cornwall, but uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, well, I, I, I occupied Andy's multiply on zoom that week so we coped we coped hello to andy b hello to andy k hello to you peter hello to all our listeners we're (laughs) back again episode 152 where we are talking about further albion news you know week by week there's always some more but we're also going to talk about review and rant about whatever has come up in the euro semi-finals the euro final and much more besides. But let's... no one listening will know what happened there. No, of course not. Of course They've not. They've been favour themselves to listen to us talk about it. If you don't know, England might have won. Drum, drum roll, drum they roll, might not drum have roll. Done. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the Albion, shall we? In part one, part two, we're going to talk about the semi-finals and the final. I think part three, I think we're probably going to go into a rant about racism and not so pretty, well, pretty hypocritical Patel. I think we're going with, aren't we? Uh, but in part one, it's all about the Albion. Let's let's turn it round. Let's go the opposite order of the way we've normally done. Let's what, go the most important side first. Exactly. Fuck the bloody Euros. Not that we're saying that we might have lost it or anything. Um, lots going on. Talk us through it, Peter. So we're, we're it's starting to get quite busy. So um, we've just had news that Matt Clark has joined uh, West Brom on loan. And that's interesting move, I'd say. Considering that's confirmed today, yeah, it's been confirmed just Tuesday. like just now. Um, interesting move, I'd say, in a sense. That I was surprised that we have still loaned him rather than sold him. Yeah, 
She's like, would you agree? Yeah, I'd agree with that. How long has he got on his contract? One, two, two years, years, apparently. Two, two but years. still, it's like you, yeah. you're a bit more kind of, like with one year left, you're a bit more suspect. So you just thought, I'd try to extend his deal. Or, I mean, you wonder whether he's ever going to get a game with the, the young players coming through after him. You know, Ostergaard and uh, and Van Heck and Dendonka and Roberts all in that position. Mm. You wonder whether he'll ever get a game. So why? And you also wonder why we signed him in the first place. Frankly, a little bit. It's like I, I've got to say, I've got to confess. Well, I've probably have said this on the podcast before, but I've never been that convinced with him. I'm not. Never been quite sure he's. Oh, he's a good player. I mean, I can't say I've seen enough of him. Championship. I've never seen enough of him really to. So I've seen it, I, I'm convinced or not convinced, to be honest. I mean, I've seen the old game for Derby, obviously including that last game of the season, actually for Wednesday when he stayed up. But I've not seen a lot of him playing there, and I can't say I've seen either way that much. From There's one or two Derby fans on North Stand Chat who seem to say that he is good for them, but maybe not quick enough to be Premier League and not... Yeah, nothing, which, nothing about him convinces me that he's a Premier yeah, League player. Which makes you wonder why we signed him. It's, a, it's an interesting, isn't it? Kind of, well, it's well was it for investment? Yeah, uh, potentially. Growth potential. Um, but yeah, in which case, why are we not looking to sell him with two years left in the contract rather than leave it to so one year left and to run down? And, and how will he feel about that? You know, it's, it doesn't give a great... If, if we were looking for a similar player at that level who maybe is better and might make it for us, would they sign for us? Basically, that we've loaned out Matt Clark for years and probably then sold him in the end or let his contract whatever run down or whatever happened so hopefully West Brom because their parachute payments have paid a significant loan fee and we're we're actually um, hmm. I, yeah doing doing okay financially about that but it's still yeah it doesn't really I'm, I'm not that comfortable with loaning low players for, for long times and then kind of like not really playing them and so talking of which Percy Tau there is strong hmm. rumours that he's going to Belgium which Again, I mean, I, twerp, there's it? a lot of fuss of you know kind of suggestion that he's not really gonna make it. I haven't seen enough personally. I mean, if if Potter's seen enough in training, that he obviously he didn't sign under Potter, and he might have made it under Houston if he'd had a chance. But yeah, I've not seen enough of him. The, the odd times I have seen him, a couple of times he's come on. I think Leeds away was one where he didn't hold the ball up at all. He didn't do much. But away to Man City, he did quite well, and, and at home to West Ham, he did really well mm. with the assist for but well bet goal, and that's from the bench. Yeah, I mean, it, I, you feel, considering how long we've given Jahan Batch and that sort of thing, he deserves a year to prove he can make it, really, but... Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, I think so. Jahan Batch has had three seasons where he's not made it, and mm. we're finally looking like we might be letting him go. Mm. Um, Percy Tau had half a year, like, six months to try and make it, and hasn't done. I mean, is he that much worse than the rest of the players that he might not develop... You know, there's a lot of players who come to this country from uh, from playing in Europe, whatever, and in bigger teams than us, and don't do that well first season. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm inclined to think that he should be given more time because you can't help but think half a season is not enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think I should be given longer, um, maybe about ten years, to see if I can make my way. But um, no, I, I just don't think. I think most of this until probably say ten years in prison would be fair enough. But. <laughs> Um, I, I've never been convinced of Matt Clark as an Albion player. However, I do think he was a good investment because I think he's always got salon potential. Um, Derby two years now. Talking about West Brom, interesting. There's a change of club. I, I could see it happening. Valerian I Ishmael. I, I, of course. I imagine that Derby couldn't afford him this year because yeah, they're financially yeah, that's a bit true, that's true. messed up, aren't they? So Valerian Ishmael, of course, has moved to West Brom yeah. from from Barnsley. He's the new manager there. Um, Good manager. I think he'll probably fit quite well there. Plays three at the back, apparently, according to what I read. So I yeah. think someone was saying. So 
probably will get games there regularly and we'll yeah. see anyway I mean, maybe there's an, an agreement maybe we've got significant loan fees each season for him in which case we may well have paid off what we paid Portsmouth anyway and, and mm. so it's a good investment but it just yeah it, I don't like the idea that we're becoming a club maybe who loan who bring in players and don't ever play them and just loan them out constantly and sell them it's mm. you know it's not natural to me given the fact that where we've come from I mean, yeah. and I understand that it's business and it is a business but, you know, and this is an investment to be had and Percy Tower was an investment and it's a quite small amount of money and the same with Matt Clark and they might make a lot of money out of him but it does yeah so, when you look at what we pay for Webster and yeah. you know he was one of the better championship defenders you know you, maybe they reckon they can get like 10 million out in a year's time if he does well at West Brom and yeah, they go possibly. up yeah possibly I mean look, look at the other ones Jahan Match has been rumours of him maybe going back to Holland yeah final does it Fine odd, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's the replacement. Stephen Berghaus yeah. has just gone to Ajax, apparently. Lacardia, so also from Holland. There's no rumours about him going there's anywhere. Rumors, <laughs> there's rumours that he's dead. We're making dead, up, dead we're, on his feet. We're making up rumours about, about Lacardia <laughs> to try and get interested in him, I think, probably more likely. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think whatever happens, we'll have a discussion on WhatsApp group earlier, mm. I think we'll have to probably kind of like cover his wage, part of his wages and load him out, to be honest. David Proper's gone. I don't see anyone signed. David Proper's gone back I think to Lacardia PSV. Is, if I'm it's right... It's not worked out well, is it, Holland, for us? I think if Lacardia, if I'm right, we hopefully will only have a year left in his contract, so that'll be a go. So he'll yeah. go for free next summer, at least. What about something. Danny Holler? So, is he still so with I, us? So Holland, I would, <laughs> I would argue back about that, because we've, we've got Joel Boltman, who's done incredibly well for 900 grand, um, and we've Ooh, got Proper who I think was really good value and although we've not obviously got any money back for him I think was a fantastic player in our first couple of years in Premier League mm. and, as, and then even in the, second, the third year under, under uh, Potter he did really well as well so there's been a lot of like revisionism in players like Brian who's also gone this week and yeah. proper and that sort of thing and people saying they were never any good and that sort of shit and it's like no 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 these players were key players in our first three years of Premier League they were massive you know and I don't like the revisionism shit I mean Brighton fans are very good at that and I'm sure a lot of other clubs are as well, but I don't see that. I see Brighton fans. And there are morons who say he was never any good, he was never did this, never did that, he was never... No, Matty Ryan and Davy Proper were fantastic players for us for three seasons and made a massive, played a massive part in us in the Premier League for longer than we ever... I think most Brighton fans did not think we'd be like in our fifth season Premier League when we, we went up. I think most thought that we'd probably go down and maybe become a bit of a West Brom initially I certainly did and then you know up and down to Norwich and then become maybe establish ourselves like a Burn- like Burnley eventually did but I didn't think necessarily we'd stay up for like on our fifth season and so you don't write the Danny Holler song then Peter Danny Holler da da Danny Holler Da, da, Danny Holler well obviously bam, 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 Danny Holler actually wasn't a bad player I just think he came at a really bad time for us hmm. generally I mean it was like the, hmm. the hoopier year wasn't it, it was, I actually think he was, a, he was a pretty good footballer really generally uh, Roland Burkamp obviously was a high point yes Kemi <laughs> Agustin <laughs> yeah what more could you want uh, and of course we got Jürgen Lucardia to get yeah. rid of as well and of course we signed um, Thingy from uh, Holland as well the uh, the uh, attacker who we signed during Houston's era who I can't remember the name of now the winger um, um, what's his name oh um, who did nothing he signed for like two million quid and then did absolutely nothing oh god I blanked him out of my mind whoever he is Peter's frantically looking for the answer now. So, yeah cause I brought it up on a podcast <laughs> and I'm like being looking at, looking at an idiot by myself good, good on the timing front but no whatever you say yeah we've, we've made a few mistakes along the way 
the, I don't think Holland has been our happiest hunting ground. No, it hasn't. But we have had yeah. some couple of really good. And I mean, Joel Veltman has been fantastic. Oh, what a signing! Nine hundred thousand. Yeah. Hmm. Almost as good as this pint of uh, Hepcat. Absolutely superb. Elvis Manu. Elvis Manu, of course. Elvis has left the building, but we <laughs> forgot he did. Yeah, you've yeah, got even joining the first place. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not been great, has it? But in theory, it was a good idea. Yeah, but mm. yeah, but I think Joel Veltman at nine hundred grand and Davy Proper generally make up for any of the, any of the losses. Yeah, because yeah. they were both brilliant, and Joel Veltman is like, yeah, it must be about the most. Mm. And they all. This is the sad thing about Premier League. They always go into you know signs of the season, value for money, and that sort of thing. And they don't talk about players like him. They talk about mm. you know maybe like a ten million signing who scores a lot of goals. Yeah. What they should be talking about is Joel Veltman, who cost 900 grand and has been... What a signing. Exceptional what a for us, you know. And he's covered that space on the right side where Lamptey has been yeah. missing because he's been injured. And we've had White at centre-back, so it's been fine. So there's a rumour, obviously, that White might go. If he does go, Veltman could drop in there and Lamptey could come back to right-back if he's fit enough. Um we're okay, aren't we? If we happen to say. So I think White's the one of all of our. See you, Pepe. That's that's our cook. He's we had we had not the... our personal one. No, no, no. He's <laughs> not a personal. We've just had some food. Whoa, it was good, wasn't it? As always, love it. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah. So I would miss. I think if if Elton became a permanent centre back, I miss his facility. I miss, we'd miss his like kind of ability to fill in at right wing back. So mm. I do think we need some extra cover. I do think White is probably the player of all the big options. I mean, I think probably our four big, big, big names are Sanchez, Lamptey, White and Basuma. Those mm. four are probably the four ones who will go for... I think there are others who could. I mean, I think Trossard, for example, could have a couple of a good season. McAllister similarly and go for big money as well. Mm. There are other players as well. A lot of, but people, the really, four. A lot of people really rate Trossard. Yeah. Friends of mine who support yeah. us. I mean, he went to the Belgian squad, a very good Belgian squad for the World Cup, but then again, Benteke did get for that for the Euros, but Benteke <laughs> did get for that as well, so, and Batshuayi, so it's not like yeah, it's not guaranteed. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think those four are the, are the big tickets, and of those four, I would say that probably White's the, the one that I would be most relaxed about going. Mm, yeah. Because he's, we've got cover, because we've got quality in that position. Because, yes, I think, I would argue, personally, that Beltman dropping back to centre-back and, and um, Lamptey being right wing-back could actually improve our team True. as a whole. Oh, I mean, well, Lamptey would improve it anyway, but, but Beltman dropping centre-back instead of White would improve it because I think that Beltman's a better player currently than White, personally. True. I think White's always going to be a play because he's that, the prospect. And, but I think that I would say Veltman's a better player, personally, when everyone's fit. I would rather he started in a way than White, but... Hmm. Interesting, but given the fact that um, we've got... Obviously, we've got Basuma might may or may not go. We've got Mwepo has come in. Yeah. Now, if we... You, you said about White being the area that we're, we're most covered in. Is that not true of midfield as well? If we did sell, if we kept White and we sold Basuma, we got Mwepo comes in. There's a lot of similarities, isn't there, between them? Yes, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, you look at you look at Basuma, and Basuma isn't the Basuma that we signed. Mm, yeah. So he took a year and a half to 
mm. really make that position his own. It was ironically only just before lockdown, really, I think, wasn't it, that he really started to put in consistently good performances. He like two or three before lockdown. And then True. since then, he's been exceptional. Mm. Um, Moipu may take the same time to get used to the English league. He may, he may come in first game and be exceptional and then never look back. But he also, we have to accept that he may also take a bit of time. The Austrian league's not the strongest. Hmm. You know, it's like obviously there's some very good players who've come through from from Salzburg recently. Haaland being a reasonably quality one. Oh, he's okay. You know, he's all right. one who I, I saw that uh, wished uh, wished Moipu um, well on apparently on social media earlier. Oh, okay. to Brighton, so, and, oh. said, and said to uh, Leo Ostergaard to look after him. So, uh, <laughs> so obviously he knows both of them. So maybe he's like going to come and join us as well. Maybe we're the team he's really going to come to. It's the obvious move, isn't it, Peter? Yes, yeah. uh, he's the missing ingredients yeah. as well. We well, he do definitely need is. A yeah, he's, yeah. He's a he definitely is. I think if we if we had Harlan, we definitely finished like reasonably well off. Can you imagine if a striker just on a whim just went? Do you know what? I'm just going with them. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to go with those guys. But how they create how some chances? Would that be? They create some chances. Let's go with that. <laughs> but it's yeah, cool. yeah, uh, it's I think there's. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's going to though. Sadly, oh, I'm not sure we've got the money to do it. It might might decimate our transfer budget. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, I, there I, is I, that. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if White goes. I think he obviously there was. I mean, there was always the debate about how much he wants to go to Leeds anyway. So it's like kind of mm. you know, obviously he's been on loan for like three years and he wants I want to go to Leeds. I have never questioned his commitment. He's always looked very committed to Albion. He's never looked like he's in any way like not wanted to be here. I've been, yeah, he's been very impressive. But I also think he's one probably that the back, the, the staff would be happy to sell of all of them, just because yeah. of the fact we've got cover in that area. And mm. I really want to see Ostergaard, and I really hope he he can come through. And I would, as much as I don't want to lose Dan Burn, I'd almost lose Dan Burn to do that as well because I want to get him in, in yeah. the squad. He obviously wants to be in the squad. He's done everything like. Like Ben White, he's gone through the leagues. He's done, he did, in his case, the German second division, which is slightly less strong than our one, and then the championship over here. And he's been to, done his work on loan. And he's, I think, quite rightly saying, if you don't want me, then I'll, I'll leave and go somewhere else permanently. Mm. But if you want me, keep me, give me a long-term contract. And I think he's got every right to do that. And I, I really hope that, according to me, it's obviously all according to like paper reports, that sort of thing, but... I really hope that he, he he gets kept on because I think we need. If you look at if you want two per position, we play six, three at the back. You want six centre backs in a sense. Now you can you can probably get away with five, but we do want quite a few. If you mm. reckon that Beltman always is back up, you probably want ten defenders if you include March in that for wing back as well. Yeah, if you're talking about wing back, and also wing backs and as if, well, if yeah, we yeah. sign, so the big rumour at the moment is we're going to sign Mark Chucharella or Cucurella or. <laughs> However you, pronounce him, however you pronounce him. Um, yeah. So if we sign him, then March hopefully could get be an option in the front three as well. Mm. So that would be interesting because he'd be like, because he obviously has been playing yeah. solely wing back. Because this cuckoo guy, he's, he's, he sounds brilliant, doesn't he? He, he does sound really great. Good. He does sound really good. Uh, high, high reputation, good background. If we, if we can get him and a, and a striker in this, mm. this year, I'd be, and we, we kept all but white of our key players I think I'd be reasonably happy if we funded it by selling white absolutely well Ryan he's he's confirmed is he now yeah Ryan's now associate dad so he's got associate um, dad Arsenal were interested but they couldn't guarantee him first team football well, I think so he's got quite a good goalkeeper uh, as well apparently yeah but I, re- I reckon he'll feel that he can get in uh, to to the team he was there before wasn't he with Valencia as well yeah. so well, but we not very well. much. Though. He's on loan we quite well. a lot of Valencia, but yeah, I, I wish. Well, I, I don't like the whole anti 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 Matty Ryan. Of all the players I saw at the Amex, 
I, uh, in the Premier League, he was the one who was like li- running down the pitch to the rate goals and, and like going down out of supporters at the last minute and that sort of thing. He was so passionate about the club, and he felt I think just felt hurt by the fact he was dropped. Yeah, and and the, some of the treatment probably he saw on social media the way. Fans, so-called fans were behaving towards him and, that, and this then resulted in his inter- a rather unfortunate interview with you know that sort of thing but he, he has been a fantastic player for us for three seasons he he didn't have such a great season but I don't think he made that many mistakes and I mm. and don't believe me I, I don't want to replace him replace Sancho with him I think Sancho's been amazing for us but there weren't that many saves that, that you weren't many mistakes that Brian there was a goal at Leicester which ended up being ended up being dropped but there weren't that many mistakes that he made. It was mainly mm. just he didn't save things because there was actually some really good shots yeah. and he's a bit unlucky. But there have been an awful lot of morons on social media and on North Stand chat abusing Brian. And it's like, get get over yourselves. He's like, he's been a fantastic servant for three years. He said something stupid because he was pissed off with the club for the way they treated him. Yeah. Which I think you have was to understandable. Take it with a pinch of salt, yeah, right? exactly. And it, even if he did, I mean, did, he, my, my, did he say exactly those things? Who knows? Exactly. Yeah, so it's knows? like, get over yourself. My, just my, thank him for three years where he had a huge part in, in keeping us in the Premier League, which is, you know, a massive thing. And he was, for what we paid for him, even if he didn't get anything from the end, which is what suggestions are today, we got sort of, again, like proper, some money, like nothing initially, and then some hmm. potentially bonus payments instead. He's, he's been value for money, amazing value for money at what, three, four, five million where he was. And I, yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about Matthew yeah. Ryan. My perspective on it is, I mean, I agree with you overall. I do think that um, friend of the show, Wedge, who you know, I know, he's, he's a regular listener. Hello, Wedge, if you're listening. Um, he's made a pretty per- pertinent point, which is that while Ryan was a, he was a good servant for us, he completely agreed with you. And he said he's a good shot stopper, all that stuff. What he said was, and I agree with this, is that... Um, he wasn't so convincing from claims. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and no. so there was a there was a suggestion that we needed someone like yeah. Duffy to cover for the fact that he wouldn't claim. So, I'll, I'll be honest. Frankly, if, if Ryan was that convincing, we're claiming the ball as well. He wouldn't have signed for us when he just got promoted. He'd been selling someone. Much yeah, better, true, true. I think it's so. So we have we have Ryan and Duffy, and when Duffy went on loan, Ryan wasn't so good without Duffy there. And then when Sanchez came in, Sanchez was yeah. so good and, I mean, without Sanchez Duffy Sanchez has then. been superb. Yeah. I mean, he, he will claim balls. That Liverpool game is the classic example. Yeah. That late one yeah. where he came to the area, yeah. the penalty he, area. He, he will claim balls that Ryan wouldn't have yeah. claimed. And because Absolutely. Ryan won't claim those, we don't so much need Duffy. Yeah. And if you don't need Duffy, you can play a ball-playing midfielder. Absolutely. And the whole thing cascades yeah. forward. Yeah, no, so. and absolutely. And I, and I, I think yeah. the time... They did it. Was in the end probably in hindsight it was right. It's a very brave decision from Graham Potter, frankly. It's a to, it's to a go with a player decision, like, isn't yeah, it? It's to go with with Sanchez. Ballsy. I don't think any of us knew any of the people who were calling for for Potter for the dropping of Ryan knew, and they all like kind of saying it's great in hindsight. But, but it's transformed none of, them, none of them knew how good Sanchez was. They're all yeah. like they'd seen one game at Tottenham and that sort of thing. That yeah. was it. None of them knew that he was going to be in Spain squad and that sort of thing. They'd never seen him in training. They'd yeah, there's a lot of people that. looking at him going, who's that, who's that? Yeah. So I mean, he had a, a loan fellow, Rochdale and Forest Green, both of which where he'd been mixed, I think, from what I heard. You know, he'd, mm. he'd been slightly overconfident at the time, slightly, but also looked very good at times as well. But the irony, the biggest irony of all, I think, is that if Walton had not got injured in pre-season, yeah, who knows? Sanchez probably would have got loaned out the championship side last season. And we'd have been with with Ryan Walton and Steele now during this mm, last season. Yeah. But that's, he, you know, he's it, been great. He, that's how these things work sometimes. You know, it's we've like, mentioned it before, but I've been calling him El Pantera because I think he looks like a panther 
the Spanish media have and started referring to it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm to claiming this. I'm you claiming this. to the Brighton Rock podcast. <laughs> Let's drink to that they, and drink to the these Spanish, Hepcats the as well. The whole Spanish media drink, listen to the, to, the, uh, to the Brighton Rock podcast. I know you do, you bastards. <laughs> Can we get some credit for that nickname now? Yeah, please. Thank you very much. So, but yeah, I mean, Sanchez has been a revelation. Yeah. That, so that comes to the interesting question then. So... I'm going to pose another question to you in a minute, but the first question, the second question you is, poser. who's going to break through this season from our youth, I, I say in the ranks, who's going who's to be a surprise package and who's going to be of the current players and who's going to break through into like the regular team from the kind of, regu- okay. the, kind of like the, the loan list? I'm going to shout it out. Partially, I think, is it Andy Moran? And yeah, I think Andrew Andrew Moran. Moran, anyway. The, the, well, that's really going down. I was talking about the lone lads. I was talking about the lone lads, but yeah, no, no, you, no, no. He's if you gonna, want to delve deep, he's, he's going to he break. Looks very good. To he's going to break into the team. He's going to score probably two or three goals, maybe four. That is a bold prediction. But he's going to come on as subs. He's going to do this that, and the other. He'll score three or four goals. Okay, and who on the, the who on the fringes of the team is going to come in and become a regular? I think Alzati comes back into it a bit more. Um, Conley, no chance. Um, I think well, McAllister, you can't really say, is on the fringes, can you? So I, I was going to say McAllister. Oh, I think at the end of the season, I think he yeah, was on the fringes, wasn't he? Was. he so. In that case, McAllister. Because McAllister, yeah. for me, you, well, you've, you've heard it before. I love the guy. I think yeah. he's brilliant. He's going to be a star. So, he scored yeah. a scorcher today, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did. So, it was a, a in the Olympics. That. So, yeah. No, not the Olympics yet. Uh, yeah? It's, it's a oh, build-up, yeah. yeah. Um, I agree with you, and I think that... And I don't. And again, I think Moda maybe isn't the... Again, going to be quite the fringes at this point, but he is another one who I think will become yeah, Moda. a regular Moda. as well this mm. season. And in the youth team, I will... Yeah, well, not the youth team, but the backup. I, Loney's, I'd say, I'm going to say Ostergaard, which is a slightly less Ooh, controversial prediction. Nice like but it, I right? think he's going to be the one who's going to... I, I, everything I hear about him is supposed to be really good. He had a brilliant season at Coventry last year, generally. We mm. obviously loaned out Clark today. God, Keris has gone there on a permanent, by the yeah. way, hasn't he? Yeah, so that's another, another, another bit of Albion transfer news. So, not only news anymore, is it, though? Well, you know. <laughs> if you've been not watching this all week. Um, if this but, is your only outlet for Albion news, you need you to really sort are. yourself. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, you don't do anything else, but you can hear podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> randomly um, but yeah so I, I would say personally um, Ostergaard has apparently done really well at Coventry he, it, everything he's done is like kind of it sounds very Ben White and if White goes Clark's already gone again mm. surely someone's going to come into the squad I don't, I don't mm. see a spending on a centre half so yeah. surely he comes in and then yeah. he'll be in and around I don't think he'll be a regular sorry, but he'll be in and around if we have injuries and that sort of thing and Lamptey, I think, will miss a certain amount of games. So Veltman moves to right back, and then does Ostergaard come in or burn? And that sort. Of, mm. So I, I can see Ostergaard being, yeah, the one yeah. who possibly kind of good shout. Yeah, he could be. He could be good. He could. Be I really good. hope so because I think everything I've heard from commentary fans, that sort of thing, especially. No, I've watched him excellent. a bit. He looks quite commanding. I have to say, it's a bit difficult to read. Yeah, so the he... championships are very different league, and mm. you need to. You can't tell who can step up, but I really hope he. I really hope he does. We've got the Japanese guy. We've been linked with, we've been him, linked with him, possibly going to USG on loan, possibly coming in and possibly going to USG on loan, probably in both senses because he hasn't got a work permit yet. So that's a, an interesting one. So I, I can imagine quite a few players going to USG on loan. Now they're in a top division in Belgium. I yeah, can they got promoted, that, didn't they, last year? Yeah, I can imagine hmm. that quite a few clubs 
players going there, you know, A, to strengthen Tony's other investments, but also B, to maybe get a work permit or to get experience mm. in that sort of situation. I can see um, that happening. Quick word on Jeremy Sarmiento and Enoch Muepo. Yeah. We, I, I've done a, a podcast with some other yeah. guys. You weren't on that one. So what's your view on those guys? I think my view is you missed out without me on there. <laughs> it wasn't uh, the same, was it, without you? Pretty better. Um, but my view... Uh, yeah, Mopu sounds like a very exciting signing, to be honest. He's, he sounds, as much as you can't tell, as I was saying earlier, with um, with Basuma having not come in and done so. And obviously, Basuma's in a stronger league as well. Um, yeah. You can't tell. He sounds like the sort of... He's quite strong, quite big midfielder. We need that sort of dominating figure in midfield. Say, it's, it's the thought of if Basuma leaves, of him and Moder in midfield, who are both like six foot plus, will be quite exciting, I think. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Sort of like generally he gets forward he scores goals which we lack from midfield at the moment so I'd be very excited by that as well um, Simeonto who knows I mean he's obviously quite young it's a bit it's a bit of a punt but it's a free transfer so it's not really a punt yeah you know if he leaves in two years we might get you know who knows <laughs> hopefully he'll be he'll make a real I love the way you're hiccuping yeah. Peter brilliant yeah yeah. Um, uh, and then so there's other ones this week who've left are Romerick Yappi so he's uh, he's gone to Vitesse in uh, in Holland, mm-hmm. um, someone who's we've not really seen anything of much. I think he played that one League Cup game against Villa, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Maybe came on again, or maybe he was on the bench on the League Cup games this year. Quite interesting, you know, sound quite exciting. But I think probably the signings of Lamptey and Karbovnik mm-hmm. probably meant he was like, yeah, no choice but to leave. Mm-hmm. They're both young. It's like it's not like he's going to get his chance when they they retire or whatever. You know, he's it probably kind of pushed him out. You know, when they're the same age or pretty much the same age as two players who are pretty much in the first team it probably kind of compounded it uh, low knees some quite interesting we're saying today uh, um, Jensen Weir's gone to Cambridge which sounds a really exciting yeah. loan for him hopefully. good move for him yeah good luck um, to him. he sounds a really promising prospect along with Teddy Jenks also midfield who's gone to Aberdeen yes um, Alex one Cochran. of the number of Scottish related deals Alex Cochran is it Yes, um, none, of, none of them have gone to Hibs. Yeah, <laughs> ironically, yeah, we've got a friendly against Rangers. So basically, get it involving ourselves in every Scottish club except the one we've actually kind of got a connection with. Um, and then the other, other really interesting loan this week, I thought, oh, was Ryan Longman, Longman going to Hull, which is a fantastic mm. opportunity for him. Good shout, yeah. Yeah, he he is he had really well at Wimbledon. And another one we've uh, we've been talking, you know, we've so we've been talking at some point yeah. you know, off air about the midfield options Albion have and the different areas attacking midfield must be one of our you look at the options we've got attacking midfield in terms of mm. you know Grosh McAllister Lalana in the squad Kadra who is like possibly another one who might be breaking yeah. into the team this year they've talked about as like kind of being a, a really kind of promising prospect and then you've got Taylor Richards who who knows I, mean, I don't know what's happening with him he's I love the, Taylor Richards he's got a one year extension hopefully he gets a long term deal and goes into championship he was on the loan at Doncaster yeah so mm. hopefully he gets a long term deal great player and he scored like nine goals on Doncaster mm. from champ- attacking midfield and then also you've got yeah Longman who's also attacking midfield and you've got striking. Hayden Roberts uh, the centre back he's not attacking midfield though no no that is a centre back we've got so many exciting young players coming Loads through great it's players like, coming through it's, it genuinely is a, a really kind of you know, good time to support the Albion, and it's really quite exciting. And what what makes me feel like positive is that you know, if we if we lose a few of our expensive players, and that's where I think actually we're trying to build like a kind of Southampton of years ago. We we might well sell a player at some point. You know, we sell Ben White this year, and we hopefully bring in Lost Ostergaard or like that. You know, that's what Leicester did with uh, Maguire. Everyone thought, oh, we can rip Leicester off for a centre half, and they brought Sunchu through. You know, it's kind of like, although he obviously was bought already, but he was he wasn't a youth team player, but he was still bought quite cheap and. Mm. 
you know, they, it's the kind of way the model to go with. You know, it's like you see these players come through and then you kind of like, actually, we can afford to sell this player because we've got a replacement in-house who's actually going to compete with them. And hmm. yeah, yeah, it's true. They've, they've, true. they've worked it really well. Yeah, brilliant. It's raining outside. We're, we're sitting outside, undercover, balcony terrace. Peter, it's pure bliss. Cheers. Cheers. Hepcats at the ready. I didn't remember my umbrella. That was my main thought. <laughs> in the rain. That's all right. I'll, I'll carry you to the station. I'll still get wet, though. <laughs> We've got many more hours of shit to chat about, though, haven't we? Yes. But there we go. Um, any other Albion news? I'm trying to think no, of something trying, else. No, there's been quite a few... Did we mention Jahanbach? We mentioned him. Yeah, I mentioned Jahanbach. Mentioned anything like that. Yeah, I mentioned all the Lonies. Yeah, so I think we're, I think we're done. I think there's... Yeah, it's a, hopefully, if we can... So the one, so my other question to you is going to be, name your starting eleven for Burnley, and Ooh. you can put in like kind of signings without saying who they are. But see, I like it. I like it. Okay. What's your What's your starting eleven for Burnley? Okay, okay. And formation, obviously. Interesting. I'm really proud. It's the now story. like four weeks away, almost <laughs> four and a half weeks away, and it'll be about one week away by the time I've decided. Ah, um, uh, okay. Well, Sanchez in goal, obviously. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Lamptey, a right back. Let's assume he's available. Let's go with Veltman and Dunk, centre back. Uh, assuming Solly is available, let's have him on the left side. So we've gone with a four at the back. With Solly at left back, interesting. Mm, yeah. Then then we go into midfield. I'm going to go with Basuma and Wepper and Lalana further forwards. The wide attackers are Trossard and ah, what's his name? I've forgotten his name. There's someone we haven't signed yet. Um, <laughs> Chicharella, um, or something. No, uh, what's Daniel his name? James. <laughs> oh, Daniel James would be right. You could just say a new signing. Oh no, and Wepo. Have I said a Wepo? Yeah, you put midfield. Oh, he's in midfield. Yeah. So we've got. We've got Trossard, we've got... OK, let's go with... You can with say new signing if you want to, that's New signing, and then we've got Onuacho. Yes, if you're listening, Josh, I did say Onuacho. The Nigerian guy, he's about six foot million. And looks good. Let's have him up front. What about you, Peter? So my, so I'm going for three at the back. So yep. same as uh, we've been doing quite regularly. Uh, so Sanchez in goal, Webster, Veltman and Dunk in central defence. Shit, defense. I forgot about Webster. Fuck. You did, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Webster, Duncan, Veltman, central defence, because we sold White or White's at a stage where he probably will go. Uh, Lamptey, right wing back. March, left wing back, because we it's taken a while for if we sign this Kucherella or we sign someone else, it's taken a while to bring them through, so they probably won't start in the first game of the season. Mwepu and Basuma in field, because I think Basuma will stay now. I, I, whether it's the right thing with him only, only having one year left next summer, who knows? Oh, but, I'm, going, I'm going with what you've said. And then front three of I've Trossard, already missed loads, Lalana, yeah. and Welbeck, because I think any striker we sign again will take time and yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with Welbeck up front. I didn't even yeah. say who was up front, did I? You I said Don Atchu. Oh, I actually. Oh, yes, yes. If we don't get him, Welbeck. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there'll be. I think Wepu probably will be the only new signing at this stage because we're back in training, and any other new signings will probably have take time to get in. If it's this Chicharella, he's been at Olympics, so he will come, come back to it quite late. Any strike will take a while. So and Potter, like Hutton is quite cautious about bringing new players in. So I think it'll be what we have today will be what we play in the first game of the season. Obituaries? Do we talk about them yet? 
No, we didn't. Okay, before we break for the first interval, quick word on obituaries. There's two of them to mention. Paul Mariner, uh, as well, amongst non-Albion players growing up, I loved him, Paul Mariner. Ipswich, England, what a player, what a player. Enormous mullet, great, great individual. <sighs> a tragic loss. He, he died at the age of, I think it was 68, I think. Uh, bit of a shame, bit of a shame, really. And we've also lost somebody who um, I didn't mention for the last couple of weeks, and I don't think we've mentioned him at all, Jack Bertolini, who's an Albion legend, a right half, uh, 279 appearances for the Albion between 1958 and 1966. I think he scored 14 goals as well, if I'm not mistaken. Just, just to add, uh, you know, a, a bit of impetus to the thing. Um, I remember seeing his face and his name and his caption on the wall at the Amex. Uh, he's part of our history, isn't he? A lot of people don't know him. I don't really remember him, to be honest. Do you remember him, Peter? Funnily enough, no. No, but, uh, but he's but obviously part of, yeah, Albion's sad past. Sad loss, though. Sad loss. Yeah, very sad. Him and Mariner. Yeah. Anything more to add in part one before we go into a major, major thing where we're going to review and rant about the Euros? I have something, I'm trying to remember what It's coming it is. up. We're going to do a drum roll for a few seconds. I'm just trying to bridge the gap so Peter has time to find on his so phone. The, the other one here we who, go, here we go. The other one who died was um, Ken Craggs as well, who was the Adam yes. Mallory assistant manager. Yes. So I was trying to remember his name, but yeah, because obviously he wasn't around. I wasn't watching He's got point. a brilliantly unremarkable name. Is it Ken Craggs? Craggs, yeah. That's a great name. Um, so he, he was the assistant manager of Albion when uh, Adam Mallory was in charge uh, in the yeah, late 70s. And apparently he, yeah, he died the last three or four days. So oh. it's very sad as well. Yeah, rest in peace. To Ken, to Jack, to Paul. Absolute gutter. Absolute gutter. Whenever we lose any of our own footballers, it's it's a sad day. There we go. Okay, so we'll take a break there. When we come on back... On a sombre note. On that sombre note, yeah, rather, rather sombre note. We'll take a break there. When we come back, we'll sum up the semi-finals and the final, the Euros. And then, when we go on to part three... I'm probably going to go into a brutal rant. Anyway, all that to come later. Till now, we'll have a break. Here we come. Here we go. Back in a moment. Here we go. Well, 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 Peter, we're back. It's part two of our latest podcast. We're in the Gladstone, aren't we? We, we love being in the Gladstone. I'm on my, what was it? Brewberry. Brewberry. It's a glowing reddish pint. It's one that Nick it looks, it looks from Manchester like, would love. Hello, like, Nick. It's a bit like a nuclear kind of uh, colour. Very, very, um, yeah, very bright. It's a bit like Kiss Me Deadly. Have you seen yeah. that film where you open the suitcase, there's a glowing <laughs> yeah. green substance of non-description inside. It's not it's something I personally drink, but... Yeah. Um, it's very nice. It's definitely one of those things you order as a half, and I've ordered a pint. If anyone heard the previous episode with Matthew, the Arsenal fan, he would describe an anecdote where a similar stunt occurred, where I ordered pints where everyone else was ordering halves. Oh dear, never mind. Well, there we go. Well, let's talk about the Euros then, shall we? We've got to get it out of the way, Peter. Um, Yeah, well, let's start with the semi-finals, because that's happier times. The first one was Spain-Italy. 
Um, Spain suddenly came of age, didn't they, so to speak? Um, yeah. Unlucky not to win? Yeah, I think overall they really were. Yeah, they, were, they, they dominated a lot of the game in 90 minutes, and I thought they dominated the whole of extra time. Mm. Um, they nullified Jorginho, who had obviously been such a, a, a thorn on the team's side. They, they, they look good, and they got. A, I mean, to be honest, if you look at Spain, they may well be having the next generation of the Iniesta Zabi sort of thing coming through now. Yeah. If you look at Pedri uh, Ol- Ol- Olmo, um, oh, he's a good, isn't he? Olmo and yeah. um, others as well. They're all like early twenties, so they could well have the next generation of of players coming through who will be you know kind of a key part of their team I for like years that. to Sanche- come Sanchez guy looks good doesn't he? he he looks quite useful even though he's not actually played <laughs> yeah well, I mean, to be honest given, given the way that uh, Unai Simon played in the tournament I can't believe it's going to be very long before Sanchez gets the place if he uh, if he carries on playing like he has done for yeah, us because De Gea is neither the mojo man neither no, somebody of the right age no, to he's, go he's, into the longest term is I mean whether he's even United, United's number one next season is debatable mm. and I yeah I don't think I don't see them dropping sights too on for him, but yeah, certainly Sanchez is yeah. I mean, I'd say better, much better, the keeper than him. His, his distribution is appalling generally, Simon. And, and there's that faux pas, brilliant own goal from what yeah. thirty-five yards or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. and in, in his slight defence, if you know your keeper slightly suspect, suspect from that situation, then why, don't do that. Yeah. Why smash the ball in from thirty-five yards? But, yeah. yeah, but also any professional footballer worth their money should be controlling that and clearing it yeah it wasn't that difficult so true so the spain italy game occurred before england's game with denmark we were looking on with interest hoping to beat denmark the next day um and then we were looking we were thinking well uh, what, what are we looking at there italy have been the best team in the tournament spain actually outplayed them overall yeah. but couldn't get over the line and I think yeah. overall, I, I, and obviously hindsight's a great thing, but I wanted Spain more because of the fact that they're much more open. And so I always felt if Italy, if we'd gone, we didn't actually go behind in the end, but if we had gone behind, we'd have struggled against them massively. Yeah. Um, but whereas Spain, you know, you, there's always a chance, you've got a chance there. Bit flaky. Yeah. Mar- Don't take their chances. They're very bright, actually, in but a Maretta, lot of ways. He's, he's, off, he's off, the, off, the, off the scene, isn't he? It's obviously he scored the equaliser there and then missed the penalty that uh, lost them the game, so... Yeah, and you just knew he was going to miss the penalty. Yeah. Just as you knew Mbappe was going to miss his penalty yeah. earlier in the tournament. Um, yeah, so, I mean, in the end, Italy prevailed. Um, penalties? Was it penalties? It was, it was penalties, yeah. Right? Just not going Jorginho around. took the winning penalty, which he obviously yeah. had a chance to do with, again a few days later, and in that case failed, but... Oh, plot spoiler. We're doing, it, we're doing this chronologically here, Peter. There's people that might not know the outcome of the Euros. So you've ruined it for them now. Uh, I apologise profusely. <laughs> so, yeah, so that happened on one day. The next day, England-Denmark, and for the first time in the tournament, we conceded. For the first time in the tournament, we went behind. And I felt strangely relaxed at the time. Did you? It was so, quite early, I think. I, th- I thought I didn't feel too stressed in terms of it being quite early. But on the other hand, a ripple of they, nerves, had, they had obviously. a break just afterwards when we'd had a chance and then they broke away mm. and if they'd taken that to make it 2-0 we'd have been in real trouble I think that was where mm. I was more nervous I think I felt we had time and we would score but if we could, I think my worry was if we conceded second as well it's a long way back from that situation yeah. Sterling then should have scored obviously mm. um, and there's been a lot of fuss obviously about the, the penalty and that sort of thing but I don't think Denmark should have got a free kick for, the, for, for their goal 
it was never a foul. It's like kind of you know, Shaw was Shaw and their guy were tussling. It was never these things are never given. And also, some I read somewhere that there was some suggestion that Danish wall was quite close to ours and shoving into, and within the kind of too near to ours compared to what the actual rules are as well. Yeah, that's right. And nothing's been made of that. The Danes, I think they were. Um, there was they were magnanimous without being magnanimous. It was yeah. a weird sort of thing. I, I, you I, think they were genuinely I, saying fair play? We probably didn't expect to win this. We think we're second best. Uh, we did feel a bit aggrieved about the penalty. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You see, but, I, then, but then people started talking about diving. I, and don't, I don't get their, their complaints. He it clearly was a foul to me. I genuinely don't understand. It was certainly it not was, a dive. He, is it? He, he, he basically got through a few of them. One, one of them nicked the ball, but then Sterling then got the ball again. And he and they both came across him and tripped him, and it was like one of them as it Mayla tripped him, and I don't understand the whole complaints for it. It was to me, yes, I probably it wouldn't have been overruled by VAR, but it's one of those ones that VAR has that it probably isn't so clear and obvious either way. Mm, yeah, but it, he did get caught, and and pace, you, pace and momentum. And you can't afford to touch someone in the area. Pace and momentum with someone going that quick. Yeah, yeah if you clip them at all, you aren't going to affect their run. Yeah. Now, whether that is a penalty or not is the debate, but the fact of the matter is that doesn't mean he's a diver. No. That was 100% not the case. No, it wasn't a dive. And so, there and was, it, I forgot so his name now, there was a guy called Kasper Verg, I think his name was. He was a, a Danish TV guy. And he, I mean, generally, he, was, he came across very well. He's a decent guy. But he did say Sterling's a, a bit of a diver, and he said Kane was as well. I think, well, I'm not sure Kane's a di- he can be a diver. I think Kane's issue is more his bucking and the way of yeah. people's safety uh, <laughs> but with well, that I, I, it wasn't it all, was, there all wasn't about the referee, I thought they actually had the better the, overall the better decisions I thought Vestergaard was very lucky not to get booked about at least twice if not more for about seven or eight fouls during the game he could have got sent yeah. off four times exactly I thought others were like kind of sticking the boot in and not getting booked yeah. and then Maguire for nothing really got the first booking and it was like you know it didn't really do anything much that, yeah, that. I mean I, I get you feel hard done by small details small moments yeah, you know, you, you do feel frustrated. Arguably, but Kane should have. Kane had a similar one in the first, second half, was it? Yeah. Where probably again, it was one of those that read that VAR is not going to overrule, yeah. but actually, easily could have been given a penalty. There was another one later on that arguably was more of, after the initial penalty was more of a penalty. I think when you when you look at incidents, whoever prevails, you start looking at how things could yeah. be different to how they were, and so. If, in this case, England have won. You start looking at the small details that yeah. might have swayed it the other way. And as you've just illustrated, we could have been arguing the same thing if that penalty wasn't given yeah. and Denmark went on to win on penalties, for example. We, we would then be lamenting the fact that Kane should have had a penalty yeah. and maybe something else should have happened, somebody should have got sent off. Or what, what actually, I think, in the end happened was the difference was Southgate's reticence about making subs, which has happened quite regularly in the tournament, mm. paid off because the Danes were all a bit knackered by the time they got extra time and didn't really get out of their half. Yeah. And, and we had fresh players coming on and tormenting them and actually you know, having a real go. And that was probably, to me, the difference there in the end of that game because the second half of... of of extra time, it was frankly, I'd have been very disappointed if I was a Danish fan because they never really they did they weren't chasing quite a lot even at the end they yeah. weren't kind of yeah and and this was something I heard in in a few podcasts and radio shows I was listening to um, you you picked up the notion that they they suspected Denmark would tire because they it's taken a lot out of them emotionally yeah. as well with with the Ericsson thing yeah. in the tournament yes that has driven them on but anything that drives you on emotionally will also tire you in the end and I think. I wasn't surprised that Denmark were the more tired side in the later yeah. stages of this game. And I think we played that well. I think Southgate has played all of the tournament to this point 
the semi-final point. He's played everything well. There's been a lot of questions raised as he's announced teams, as he's made substitutions, but he's pretty much nailed it up to this point. Barring a Scotland game, obviously, where he got it, where things yeah. didn't work yeah. out. and Yeah. But by and large, he's managed the tournament well. We're into the semi-finals. Denmark are likely to be more tired, so it proved. We got, yes, maybe we got a break with the penalty, but I don't we think... We definitely got a break with the actual penalty itself, obviously, mm. because, I mean, yeah. on another day, Schmeichel might... It was the gesture he almost tried to hold it and in doing so pushed it back out rather than try to push it oh, away. Oh, yeah, with the penalty itself, yeah. yeah. So we were quite I, fortunate with that, obviously. Yeah, because you know. if you didn't try to hold it, if you pushed it out, yeah. that was going to safety. So you just thought, well, bloody hell, typical, isn't it? Kane, the one time he doesn't bury one. But he did bury the rebound. Did you notice that he did the eye thing for some reason where he didn't look at the ball as he kicked yeah. it? That was a bit bizarre. Yeah, Disguised very- pass, but it was a penalty a one-on-one with the goalie. You don't need to do that, but he did anyway. But in a way, maybe it's the disguise which way he's looking, where he's trying to put it or something like that. Maybe I don't know. it might have helped in some way. So, yeah, that was Obviously the decisive work. goal. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, that meant we got in the final. Our first final in both of our lifetimes. I mean, I'm, I'm minus five years old when England win the World Cup. You're minus how many years? I'm minus 16 exactly because yeah. they, they did it on, they won the World Cup on my birthday. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly minus 16 my, years old. My uh, yeah, Peter, six. happy minus sixteenth birthday. Lovely. Well, not till the end of the month. But. I'm one fifth of the way through this. This this really not till the end of the month anyway. But yeah, fridges. apparently it was like I'm constantly told that yeah, oh. I've told, been told by my parents that it's like the I was born sixteen years after we won the World Cup exactly. Hmm, interesting. Um, the end of the month. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I think we deserve to get through on the balance of play, the way we've played our tournament. I think we deserved our place in the final. I think Italy deserved their place in the final. Yeah, I agree. I think regardless of what happens in the next bit, which we're going to talk about, Italy have been the best team in the tournament at this yeah. stage. Yeah, they, they were very good in the group stage. They, they were a bit off against Austria, I thought. Yeah. Obviously, took them, they took them to extra time, and mm, you know, they, and in the end, they kind of worked their way through it. Mm. But then they were, yeah, they were good against Belgium, obviously again, and mm. uh, again the Spanish almost. Yeah, but I think the Spain, the Spain game gave me a little bit of hope that they might, you know, kind of be beatable. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I think I felt that they were strong favourites, but I still, I, I said I felt still that it, on a on a neutral venue, Italy were favourites. The, the the fact there was yeah sixty thousand England mm. fans there and not many Italians probably yeah. brought it a bit back towards yeah. towards even. But I think to me, they still got a better team as well because it, Italy had had a str- more strenuous route yeah. in terms of they had had more extra time yeah. stuff than us and penalties, penalties as well, yeah. um, and. They also lost Spinazzola as well, whereas whereas we had an easier route. However, Italy had an extra day's rest, yeah. which is another thing. So there's a few balances. Yeah. I think it was pretty evenly matched all the way through the tournament and going into the final. The final was on the Sunday, just gone. We're recording this on the Tuesday after. Um, going into the final, how did you feel? Did you feel confident we'd win it? I no. had a prediction. I thought it was going to be one all after normal and extra time and England will win on penalties how close was that almost uh, nailed it well to be honest I, I said in, on the predictions thing that we, we did on uh, for Seagull London I said for the Danish game I said that we would win 2-1 having gone behind in nice, the game nice yeah. I didn't yeah. get the Danish score right but I put those I put the same for the final well, that's not good enough Pete I put the same for the final and obviously we didn't do the same um but I think my worry was always Italian. The Italian defensive record was so good that, and I know Arles was very good at tournaments. Theirs have been so Arles good for like <laughs> such a long time that if they scored first, um, so I, I I always was concerned. I was always worried 
and then that went in the third minute or second minute or whatever and obviously hope kind of it's always the hope that kills you and yeah scoring early look what happened in the world cup yeah. semi-final exactly. southgate's last outing well the senior tournaments anyway um major exactly uh, so. scored too early against Croatia definitely felt like too early yeah. Croatia are a team that will sap you in midfield and they were a better side than us and no no qualms with that in this game I felt we could have been the better side from that for, moment well, for 45 minutes we were well on top and looked certainly as the halfway on as they got into it a bit more and actually at the end of the half maybe they were on top but certainly for 40 minutes yeah. we were comfortably better side and yeah, 41, the, the 42 theme, minutes, something like that. The when theme I felt, of, of this, this podcast has been, ever since we started, has been, need to get a second goal while on top. Yeah, funny that, isn't it? It's almost <laughs> and, uncanny. Again, I'm going to say it again, <laughs> need to get a second goal while on yeah. top. And we didn't. And you always knew Italy were going to come out better second half. And we always knew that how they were going to, how they were going to you know, improve. The frustration thing is that we conceded from such a, a pretty well, partly lucky. I thought it might have been a foul on stones on the on the six yard box to be honest mm. at, at one point, but it may they may have regarded it as six of one and a half dozen of the other. And then Pickford was so close to what I thought was a brilliant save to tip away. He did save it so brilliantly, like but, it over yeah, the, over but the he post. couldn't quite get it round the post and it hit mm. the post and went out to them. And, and it's one of those exactly moments exactly. It was perfect mm. for them, and yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's nothing you can I mean. You did feel with that frustrating. Point, the likelihood was. That was the key moment. Yeah, and, I, and actually, that, that felt like the, they were—they looked like they were guaranteed to score. And then Chiesa obviously was it like went down for a while, and England sourced themselves out a little bit and actually finished. It finished pretty even the game. Yeah, what, did he, what did he make of that? Because Chiesa, along with a load of others, are very good at the shit housing, and you had to feel oh, they're faking it here. They're blowing, they're blowing time out. They're trying to wind the. But they, they were on top then. That they were on top, they were. so it didn't and really And he did go sense. off as he, well. Yeah, he did go in off. Yeah, not then, but he did go then off. Then he tried to come back on, yeah. Um, he I, went I, off, then I he came back was... on again, and then went off, was subbed off. Yeah, I mean, I, I was scornful at which, the time. Which at the time was... It was a, probably a crucial, was a genuine injury. At the time, was a crucial thing, and we... Hmm. Obviously, he was he was on the, pretty arguably their best player at the tournament. Um, he was in the final 11. Certainly in the, fi- certainly in hmm. the final third, anyway. So... It seemed a big moment, and actually, I thought an extra time we played pretty well and mm. had chances and could have, you know, had yeah. if the ball had fallen for us a couple of times or whatever, we could have won it yeah. and probably with a better team overall. I think the, the Italy's best players certainly Donnarumma, who's at an excellent tournament, Chiesa, and I think Chiellini, even though yeah, you know that and obviously that Spinazzola was, as well, yeah, and Spinazzola during yeah. the tournament. I mean, the foul Chiellini's foul that could have gone very badly. Arguably, he could have been sent off yeah. for that late in the game. You know, you got the pace, but I don't think we did enough of that. I don't think yeah. we had enough. Both of those pacey attackers, both, really stretching, and both Benucci and Chiellini were on a yellow card. Yeah, and we didn't run at them enough. Yeah, no, I if agree. If that's Italy, I think they exploit yeah. that. If they've got enough pace in the team, they yeah. would exploit that. Yeah, yeah, and, and obviously then we then get on to the probably I think there should definitely have been a red card. I mean, Jorginho's foul mm. on Grealish, which was really nasty. Yeah, for anyone that didn't see. He went in for the ball, but he had his studs up above ground, went down onto the ball, made contact with the ball fairly fairly firmly, but his foot then slipped onto the knee of Grealish, who he knew was going to be coming in at an angle. So you get still photography of him just basically stamping on the knee. Yeah, and then he tried to get up and then fell over again, realising he was in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Very yeah, cynically. Yeah, very, very Italian. <laughs> um, 
So I th- yeah, I think most refs would be interested to hear Steve's views. I think on, in the Premier League he'd have gone there. Listener. Let's hear your views, Steve. Let us know. I think in the Premier League he's off. I think so. Yeah, because there's this there's a stipulation of whatever you do with the ball, whatever your it's intentions. Yeah. If if there's some follow through, it's a problem. That did seem like a follow through yeah. to me. I'd really love to hear Steve's views or any other refs. Anybody wants to let us know, you can Twitter us. Twitter us? That's not a thing, is it? You can tweet us via Twitter, Twitter, whatever it's called, <laughs> at Brighton Rock Pod. Um, you can also email us, brightonrockpodcast at gmail.com. Um, this pink beer is really having its... Uh... It, it is, yeah. I'm trying to go slowly because that is definitely a half-pinter, and I've ordered a pint of it. You're supposed to be catching up. You're a pint behind, but you're level with me on this. This isn't good. This isn't good because you're not a slow drinker, which that, that's not a good sign. Anyway, yeah. So I'm just a professional. Jorginho <laughs> should he should have been sent off. He wasn't. We now know. We'll talk about the penalties in a minute. But we obviously we know he did. He missed his penalty. So that would have been crucial. We wanted him to get sent off because he was the one person yeah. that I was utterly sure was going to score his penalty because he rarely doesn't and. He's a, he has missed a couple for Chelsea, I think, hasn't he? But yeah, not. Yeah. I mean, he's not many. Yeah. Um, I wonder if uh, if he um, if he'd have been sent off, he would it have been different? I know that sounds ridiculous because he, he missed his goal. penalty. Anyway, yeah, he'd have scored the fifth one. Mm. No, but I mean, if he was sent off, someone else. Yeah, they would probably have scored. They, the you one, reckon sorry. they would have? Yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I do think there were certain bits weren't very lucky. Overall, though, I think there were two or three key elements in this game. One scoring early probably didn't help us because I think we had a psychology in mind for this match that didn't really factor in scoring early. And when we did score early, I think suddenly the pressure came on us because we thought, whoa, we've got this in our grasp. We're winning the Euros as it stands. We keep a clean sheet, which we're good at doing, sorted. And I think the pressure may have crushed us a bit there. Second problem, I, I think Mancini, who I think is an excellent... I think he's a very good manager, but I think he's particularly good. He's really suited to international management because apparently he's quite a tetchy character. He rubs people up the wrong way in, uh, well, repeated exposure scenarios. In international football, it's less of that. I think it suits him perfectly. I I can imagine him being Italy's manager for a number of years Mm. to come. Different players, of course, but same manager. Anyway, I digress. I think he's a good manager. He made some changes personnel changes um, and I think he, he had Verratti sitting deeper and I think they were looking to sit back and try and control the game further back mm. try and relax the situation Italy as we know they're unbeaten in three years or more they've got rock solid defence not, notwithstanding the fact they're good attacking as well but they've got a rock solid defence they knew if they could sit in hold the game let, let time elapse get to 75 minutes and then see what they can do from there. That's probably the game plan at this point. And Verratti was key to that. Sitting deeper allowed them more space, more time. They knew that we would probably be a bit cagey because we were winning, thinking that we could sit back and maybe attack them on the break. And unfortunately, I think that suited Italy more than us. Mm. Somebody said on one of the radio things, Phillips needed to get tighter to Verratti. He needed to go deeper into Italian territory to... That's not his words, mine, but... To, to kind of disrupt the play and to stop Verratti from trying to pull the strings. You know, hark back to Perlo 
with Italy in yeah. 2012, well, hop back to Croatia 2018. Well, Verratti and Jorginho with, both had a lot more room second yeah, half. Yeah. They both had the, you know, the scope to like break forward. Yeah. And, we basically we were really lost tight the field, didn't we? We were really tight on them yeah. in the first half. Those wing-backs, I mean, ironically, had done us good because one set one up, yeah. the other one scored it. So, obviously, that worked well. And, and in fairness but, to them, it was a lot to expect two players who have no European football experience in Rice and Phillips yeah. to go up against two very experienced campaigners in Verratti yeah. and Jorginho. They've been brilliant. Who, in fact, and, Rice and this, was excellent in this game. Yeah. Yes, he was superb going, going he, forward, he, ironically. He had a swagger, didn't he? He, he, looked, like, he looked like Socrates yeah. in Brazil 82. He, he, he went forward brilliantly. Defensively, maybe left a bit of a hole some at times and that sort mm. of thing, possibly. Um, yeah, I might have yeah. got carried away on the Socrates thing, but just I think, to clarify. Yeah, Socrates never wore at the fence, did he? So it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but my, yeah, I think I think the first like 35, 40 minutes, we, we were dominant, and we. But the the issue was, to me, I, my, I I understand that Kane was really good coming deep, but the number of times there were balls across the box when there wasn't anyone in there really, mm. and you rely on if you're not going to get Kane, if you're going to have Kane dropping deep and trying to go, mm. you need someone on the edge you know, to go in there instead, and we didn't really have that. When we were on top, we only had maybe one man in the box or something like that, and mm. it's hard against a team like Italy with such, you know, it, it's one thing to run at Chiellini and Pinucci because they're both relatively old and quite slow. But if you're playing one on one within the area, they are going to win it because they have got, they've been there, they've done that. They're Savvy brilliant and players, Nels exactly, yeah. yeah, and they know what they're doing. And I think that where we lost it was that we didn't commit enough players into the box when we were on top, and they were a bit kind of, I think they looked a bit stunned the first they did. half hour, forty minutes. They're on the ropes, and we had the chance yeah. to really go. For and get a couple of goals and then you look at us with two defensive midfielders and, and that's why, why have we got two defensive midfielders we, we've got them because largely it's worked but it's worked because we've, we've needed that to work yeah. we, we've, I don't think he trusts there to be one holding midfielder yeah. if you look at teams like France and, and, and Leicester with Conte you've got a player there that can really pull the yeah. strings if you've got one player of that quality then it's a bit like we were talking in the first part about Ryan and, um, and and Sanchez in the change, yeah. allowing a more footballing centre back that then allows something to happen further but, forward. But it also it links to the Basuma stuff as well because you know that there's, I, I get that I understand the thought that Basuma having Basuma in midfield allows us to play. He's so good and he covers so much ground that he allows us to play Lalana alongside him. It's who obviously retrieval, it's the a key, isn't it? Whereas maybe if you do lose Basuma, you have to play maybe like Moda mm. and Mapewu. Yeah, uh, in, in together, I mean, do, do people want, who are a bit more a do, bit more defensive. Do you want imposing two marshals there sitting yeah. at the back? Yes, that's solid. And yes, if but you've the got Suma is so good that he allows us to, yeah. you know, kind of cover everything. And that's the making of the of the, of the title winners. Yeah. I think everything Southgate did was right up to the final, and some of the stuff he did in the final. But if you're going to win it, you've got to you've got to be brave. I think nowadays. Yeah, and he Italy he, are that, should, that was the that's yeah. what Italy were about. They were brave as well as solid. My other issue is tournament. that we. But then again, you could argue that you have to be brave when you're one nil down. An argument, I suppose. Whereas when it's one nil, you're you're winning one nil. You almost go for status quo, and they they didn't. Yeah, but you beat have to us. be brave when you're one nil. They up didn't as beat well. us over 120 minutes. No, we're so, still unbeaten. We're so still unbeaten. Yeah. Did, they didn't actually win the game. So we're unbeaten like, in finals, Peter. <laughs> um, my my sort other of. issue, I think, for all the facts I just said that you can you don't you don't have to be brave so much when you're ahead. Is we should have made substitutions before we. You went. have to be brave when, before, when you are ahead. Yeah, that's that's we sh- my. We point. should have we should have made a substitution at one nil. And we didn't, yeah. and, I, and I said that in a WhatsApp group. I was saying, like, so I was chatting with other mates as well, and I was saying we need to make a sub now. We're, we're looking yeah. knackered, and there was they need to make something. Whether it's bringing Henderson on earlier than they did for Rice, or whether it was, you know, something else. Maybe kind of make, maybe swapping to 
whatever it was, maybe someone just fought it back because it wasn't working in midfield or, mm. you know, they need to do something and it didn't quite happen quickly yeah. enough, which again is something that actually Brighton we've seen quite a lot, you know, yeah. over the years. Well, there's a lot of similarities there, actually. Yeah, you can take their chances better, but you know, generally there's like there's quite yeah. a lot of similarities there. You know, you sit there and you look and you think, well, we should have backed a bit quicker here. And yeah, I mean, looking at it, I, I felt we we have got a lot of firepower, and I do think a restrained version of that is what we needed to get through. But tournament football is about defending yeah. and grinding your way through, and then hitting peaks at the right time. The bit we didn't do was hitting the peaks at the right time in the final, in an attacking sense. Yeah. I think I don't think Kane had a bad game, but he. Um, he was maybe not as influential as he would have liked to have been. And what you want to do with Italy is to get round the back of them. We were talking about this on the last podcast. Kane to sit deep. He's good with his back to goal. You can lay balls off and you're looking for the Sterlings of this world to run on beyond. Yeah. You can see why Saka got involved for that reason too. But we didn't quite execute that element of the game properly. Um, Kane's probably playing within within himself I'd say that's probably fair but I don't think that's necessarily a problem because I think he was still well, he was still scoring goals as we know yeah. but he's still providing a role within the team where I was frustrated was yes I think Southgate possibly the, the early goal didn't help us in, in a weird sort of way but I think where I think Southgate made his only mistakes of note in this tournament were the decision making in the second half yeah. of this 120 minutes so from the second hour of the game there were certain decisions he could have made at different times. I think he, he could have changed one or two things tactically to negate the midfield issue. Um, certainly when it came to the end of 90 minutes and we went into extra time, I was raising my eyebrows at the fact we didn't change anything. I think that was the moment to put Grealish on because I think Grealish did make a difference. Yes, it wasn't astounding, but he he made two or three key impressions, didn't he, during that second half yeah. of the uh, extra time. If he'd have been on for the 30 minutes, would that have made a difference? Who knows? But we know that he's capable of influence, influencing a game to that degree, even at this level. That's one thing I think he could have done better. Second thing is, the substitutions. I know they took a quick throw in and then they killed a couple more minutes so that our substitutions of Rashford and Sancho happened right at the end of, of, the, of, the, of the 30 minutes. But to be honest, that shouldn't have been an issue. I, I thought Italy were going to hold on to the ball and we weren't going to be able to make those substitutions. And I started thinking, hang on, if the full time's whistle's gone, can you make substitutions? I wasn't quite I sure. You can, no. I don't think you can. But I started wondering about that, and I thought, these bastards are going to hold on to the ball here. As it turned out, they ended up winning a corner, and we got the, got the players on. And then is it a good time to put them on? Maybe not, but it worked out okay. Rashford playing at right back. Yes, it's risky. It's only going to be for a few minutes. As it turned out, it was only for one or two minutes. And he did well. He did fine. Sancho, I'm not sure, touched the ball. No, I think he did. So either way around, you've got two players who are cold. They're not warm enough. Then you've got Saka taking the fifth penalty, which we'll get onto in a bit more detail in a minute. Those those elements plus Grealish not coming on as soon as he could. I think that's where we lost the yeah. game in open play. No, I, I agree. And I Into think what? we we didn't win the yeah. game in open play. I think I think I, yeah. I would agree with you there. And I think we. You know, it's easy to go away and dissect things, but yeah, I, I, I said at the time I thought we should make a sub at one 0 mm. and we didn't. I think until it was one all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and there were the substitutions like it made sense. I, I can imagine Rice has been knackered after making. Yeah. He, yeah. he ran so much and that sort of thing. Yeah. Who came off is fair enough. Yeah. yeah I don't no have any issues with that. Mm. I do wonder whether they should have tried one of Sancho and Rashford mm. earlier because of their pace and. Yeah. 
Because it's a dual purpose, isn't it? Yeah. Sancho's got 10 out of 11 penalties in Dortmund, I think it is. Rashford's got something like 9 out of 11 or something like that. Yeah, and I I get that, but I do think it's different coming on in the last minute Mm. of a game to take a penalty. If you haven't touched the ball... Yeah, it, it yeah, does worry just, me. I, I was Are nervous you really about that. Enough? Are you, and I said, it, I actually was, again, watching, you know, it's easy to say it at hindsight, but I was like, and messaging people and saying like the same thing at the time, I'm, I, it can work either way. Yes, obviously they're better penalty takers than the ones who've gone off, but are the ones who've gone off, you know, mm. sorted. And actually we had enough attacking players that we should have not needed to, mm. you know, and it's like, and the irony is the best penalty of all from us was by our centre-half. Who absolutely yeah. rammed it? I mean, how yeah. Virgo-esque that was. Exactly. I mean, for, for anyone that doesn't know, Italy um, bury their first one. Bit of nerves. Kane, he's missed one. We thought, well, he's not going to miss another one, is he? No, he didn't. He buried it. That's fine. No, that was a really good one as well because yeah. the keeper went the right way. And then didn't... Italy missed the have theirs. Well, it was saved, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bellotti. Bellotti. Yes. <laughs> yes. I had a feeling he was going to miss it. He's, he's slightly awkward looking for a striker, yeah. isn't he? Anyway, he he missed his. He came on as a sub as well, incidentally. Although during the game, not like Yeah, during the, the game. And then Maguire, and you think, that's the first moment you're getting nervous. You think, yeah. right, all the penalties have gone in. Maguire's taken no, one. No, I'm just missed. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, he's, he's missed that one. Chance he's, to go ahead, big yeah, one sorry, here. Chance, chance, chance to go, to go ahead. ahead. This, this is the big one, and you think, he's going to miss this. But no, he hits it in. I started celebrating, and I, I checked myself for a second, because it seemed to, like, rise slightly. <laughs> As it, as it went towards It was the very net. like Virgo's penalty against Swindon in the playoffs, which I think hit down the side of the bar and yeah. no keeper anywhere is going to save that. Yeah. And it whipped into the top of the net and that's a fucking good if penalty. If you hit every penalty then, they're never going to get no saved. No one's saving, any. And, and that is even why that is why everyone thinks you should take score a penalty because if you hit it there, mm. keeper's got no hope but yeah. of course most penalties don't go there. So there you go. So we're winning 2-1. We've had a centre-back take a penalty. This is brilliant. This is perfect, We've isn't got it? two new attackers on as well. We've got two new attackers on We've got people like Sterling, we've got Grealish, we've got Shaw, good penalty. Yeah. He's taken penalties. I think he took one in the Europa League thing that went on forever. Um, you know, we're well, everyone took great. one there. Yeah, and at this point, we've we put pressure on Italy. Italy might well have missed their next penalty. Yeah, and if they did, and that's, yeah, if we they, win. If they, it, they lose, if they miss that, then we're pretty much certainly going to win. Yeah. So he scores it. So it's two. And all. only just. I mean, only, only just. He, he kind of. He did one of his. Is that the windmill one where? He yeah, he did a thinking it. run and then and only just got it and stopped and Pickford picked it and he only just chipped it over. Was it Benucci maybe? Yeah, I think and it was. And only yeah. just got it over enough. I mean, That's yeah, right. but I don't know why I'm putting my arm in the air because no, uh, people no can't one, see that. No one at home can see that. Just but, to let you know, Peter's arm is in the air now. Yeah, <laughs> and Pickford was not that far off getting that. It, it, you know, if yeah. not. Yeah, you know, put it much further in the air than he'd have been so in that's, trouble. So that's two all. We've got one in hand still. Yeah. Rashford steps up and sends the keeper the wrong way. He sends the To be honest, people have said well, he doesn't do that very often. Why is he doing it now? I don't have a problem with him doing that. People are saying it's cocky or whatever. I don't think it is. I think he's seeing a big goalkeeper and he thinks this is the rare time that I'm going to do my deceptive thing. So he throws the goalkeeper the wrong way. Yeah, he's done the right thing. The problem he's got isn't that at it's all. That he missed. It's the fact that he missed it. Yeah, he, he didn't execute. He didn't it was very close it off. to being a perfect penalty. And it hit, the po- it hit the post. Yeah, it wasn't like it, was, it went well, yeah. well wide. Yeah, so that for me was when we lost the game, ultimately. There's other moments we could have won the game, but that's the moment when we lost it because that put us on the back foot. It, wait, we squared it up. As we always were going to be with Italy's going first. Yeah. We got ahead and then... Yeah, yeah. And, and Donnarumma's got four out of four penalty shootout record. You know, you've you've had one twist yeah. go against as you. As much as they both saved two each, you know, you, I know who I'd rather be facing in a penalty exactly. than than exactly. out of the two. 
Yeah. Pickford obviously did really well and actually obviously yeah. in the end saved Ironically, two of them. Pickford yeah. is one of the people that might have taken a penalty but sooner than his, uh, those that did. Anyway. But yeah, in terms of impo- how imposing they are, Pickford's about Matt Ryan's site, whereas Pickford's busy Donnarumma himself, is, isn't he? Uh, He's walking around all over the yeah, bloody thing. he did thing. a really good job, to be fair. You can't question mm. Pickford. And if, I mean, he had a bit of a dodgy kicking against Denmark, but other than that, and one really iffy mm. moment. But other than that, he had a fantastic tournament. I mean, I, I do not rate Pickford. He's a, he's a mistake mm. Yeah, he has loads of mistakes in him. But actually, in that tournament, he was brilliant, I thought, overall. So then what happened? So they score theirs, don't they? Yeah. To go 3-2 up. Then we have Sancho, the second of our two subs. Yeah. Straight he never looked that confident, Sancho. No, he didn't look that confident. 10 out of 11 penalties yeah. for Dortmund. But in this scenario, he hadn't touched the ball. Well, that's the thing. Like, you don't, you, he didn't look confident. You don't, you don't look like you're, you know, it's like, was one thing. Rashford obviously was quite confident. He wasn't. I don't think he was cocky, but he was confident enough to go and do yeah. that. Tend to keep it the wrong way. Rashford and Saka, neither of them looked confident like they were going to score and Saka, essentially yeah, Sancho yeah. and Saka sorry yeah, yeah. neither yeah. of them looked like they were confident about yeah, they were going to yeah. score in it and they both put pretty tame penalties to the same pretty much similar spot didn't they and mm. keep a, a dollar rumours quality if he goes the right way we'll save that mm. you obviously hope he goes the wrong way but they both lined up that way as well it looked like so yeah. they kind of he had, he had a bit of a hint as well yeah. I didn't feel confident with those penalties I, I um, always think as a right footer you should be striking the other way personally mm. across Rather yeah. than rather than towards, you can get more power and more in, into it. I would say, yeah. personally, you agree with that, or you yeah, uh, by and large, yeah, yeah, I think so. Mo- most of the, your, your mm. right-footed penalty takers will go to the left. I would have thought, yeah, to their left and the keeper's right. Yeah, you, do you agree with that? Because you can put more power in it to kind of yeah, I think you can get more both, whip on it. They were both you? more tentative in that sense because mm. they both kind of put it to the keeper's. Yeah. If you're doing their it, right, you've got to get it right in the they, corner. They don't. They both put it to yeah. their right. Yeah. And so Sancho missed his. If you're his... right, put it like Maguire and you put it in the top corner. That's fine. But if you're, hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, if you do, if you kind of like leave it, and they both, I think they both telegraph where they're going to put it. And Donnarumma is so big and so imposing. Is, if he goes the right way, it takes. This the... is the this is the Euro final, telegraphing penalties in the Euro final. It's not going to end well. No. Um, so yes, yeah, so Sancho missed his. Italy scored theirs. And no, they didn't. Oh, sorry. No, Italy. No, oh so no, that's so Georgino. Skipped it? up. Yeah. So uh, we think it's all over. Georgino. Yeah, he, he scores. It's over. And they're saying on the BB on the BBC. Everyone they're thought, saying everyone they're thought he's like, going to score. Pickford, just stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. Don't don't move. Do you know what's going to happen? Don't move. And he did superbly. To be fair, he stood there. That was and he brilliant. Stood there. And he actually did. I mean, it wasn't it's a terrible penalty. It was yeah. a, he did a, he pushed it onto the post, didn't he, yeah, pretty much? Yeah. And did, yeah, and it was a little bit of luck argue there. You know, you can argue that it could have gone in, but he did really well, yeah. and he, yeah, he kept us in it for. So we think it's over. Somehow that's saved. Then you get this second twist of, oh, maybe it's our time on and penalties then, at last. And then, then no. Saka walks up. No, I, I didn't think that. I thought, oh, God, we're going we're gonna to miss this now. It's well, I did, I did when Jorginho missed, uh, had his save. But when Saka stepped up, I thought, no, it's, no, the, it's, it's the wrong the, moment. Fifth yeah. penalty. As you said off air before we, when we were chatting, one of two things is likely to happen with the fifth penalty. Either it's a penalty to win, yeah. if it goes to a fifth penalty at all. It's going to be a penalty to finish it or a penalty to stay in yeah. it. It's if not you take one it, or the other, it has it? to be one or the other. If yeah. you actually have to take it, exactly, yeah. It's like, yeah. And in either case, a 19-year-old who's not had his best game actually yeah. either, but that's not by by the by. Only came the bench as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that that's not withstanding. It's a huge amount of pressure to put on anyone. Yeah. To, to me, I mean, I mean I, how, how I nervous you, were you? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Watching him take it. Think about so how, how he nervous been, is yeah. he? Yeah. To, to, for me. I would, and I know I understand the logic. We were discussing this early again off air about you know having your best taker on early so that you get on the board. I would always have your penalty taker last. Mm. 
So that's when you would have had a cane. Yeah, I would have like cane yeah. last, basically. Because you might be recovering a situation, he might be finishing a yeah, situation. Yeah, and, and it does mean occasionally, if you have enough shootouts, that he won't take one for mm. one reason or the other. And I get that, but that's the pressure penalty. Yeah. And it, and it often, I mean, it doesn't necessarily always work. I mean, look at that Millwall penalty well, that we had. Glenn Murray stepped up and took it as our yeah. first penalty taker and who, missed. Who was, and we still won. Who was taking Italy's fifth yeah. penalty? There we go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and, they, and who did against Spain and won it for them as exactly, well? Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, Cristiano you know, Ronaldo, I think, but, often takes the fifth. Yeah, if exactly. I'm not mistaken, and yeah. it does mean that you occasionally you'll miss it, and people will say, "Well, why didn't Ronaldo take it earlier?" Well, yeah. But to me, that is the penalty mm. that everyone that the the player, the penalty yeah. taker, if they're on the pitch still should take. I mean, for me, I think there's a couple of points to make. One is Saka. Evidently, he must have said, "I'm up for a gaffer." Oh, yeah, completely. I'm up for a gaffer, and fair play to him for having the balls to do that. Indeed, all the, all of the people that stood yeah. stood up. Fair play to them. Having the balls, we talked about how nervous we were, how nervous oh, they were being in yeah. comparison. That's one thing to say. But I, I, don't, I don't blame any of them. Yeah, Southgate's going to believe him, and he's going to go. Fair enough. Fair play to you. And yes, let's go with it. But is it the right decision to let him go yeah, for it? That's exactly. the thing. And do well, do you? I mean, even it's if, a hell of a gap. If you want to go first with Kane, do you go with Maguire then later on? Yeah, I mean, the experienced if, player. You know, maybe he's not such a good penalty taker, possibly, but he's got more pressure yeah. on his shoulders. Or, or Rashford, who's taken a lot more. You know, it, it, of all the possible five of yeah. them, to, to put it last on Saka's shoulders seems an extreme I'd, amount of I'd pressure. Put him second for or a, a, a fantastic player. Saka, second. Had, a, had a great tournament and done mm. brilliantly, and will be a huge England player for years to come. Absolutely. But at 19, that is, yeah. uh, as you say, I felt so much pressure yeah. watching it. So, how he must have felt yeah. walking up there with that last penalty. Yeah, I'd have him in second or something like that. But if, if, you, if you're going to pick him, to, to, um, you can imagine what they, he might have thought, Southgate, is yeah. I reckon we can get to this stage. I'm confident he can actually bury it. He's going to be one of the stories. Mm. He's 19, but he scores. He's got that in his head, maybe. And he thinks if he scores that penalty, now you've got you've still got Sterling, Grealish, you know, the, Shaw, the rest of the list of people well, who think... I, I think he didn't then, fancy it. His, his, his story was, and I don't know whether it's true afterwards, who, and it's who, it, who's the this? story of Southgate's South. thing was, but he picked them before the game um, who was going to take it based on training and that sort of thing. Now, I... That's an interesting one because I know always I've always heard that people don't do that and they they see how players feel at the time and mm. how they how they you know what how they kind of mentally are with you know, smell after the, the game, game as yeah. Mr. Cashman said and it and it yeah it's mm. an interesting one to pre-pick them and obviously he did because he mm. he brought on Rashford and yeah. and Sancho so late on but you've got to adapt to the situation haven't you yeah I, you've I, got to smell the game as well yeah. as a manager I, I would have said that. Personally, that even if you think someone says take it a bit more, a better one in pet and shoot in training, experience in that situation is what you need, and you mm. need. You know, I know Rashford's not that old, but he is at least older than Sancho. Been around for longer mm. um, uh, than Sancho and Saka, so maybe he takes a bit later. Maybe you go with someone like with Sterling because he's been around that much longer, even though he's met not a great, mm. great record. Maybe you leave on Henderson. Mm. I mean, I know he's missed a couple, but he's also scored a lot of penalties over over his history. Yeah, you know, kind of maybe he's due to score one. You know, mm. it, it's a, an extremely difficult situation and I would not want it to, to yeah. you know and it's an it it's a really without wanting to use a word that I get uh, accused of using a lot it's a really harsh way to lose a lose the tournament that is, yeah. and, and I, my, my thing actually would be I mean, there's a lot of talk about you know kind of how is there other way than shootouts there's been talk for a while of an option of having a shootout before the game um, well, and then you I was end talking up about that with um, your man downstairs the Villa fan we were chatting to before and 
Oh, no, no, it wasn't with him. Sorry, it was someone else. Um, Romanian, who was watching the game with interest as a neutral, he kind of wanted England to win because he thought it would be a fantastic atmosphere and everything else. Fair play to him. But um, he was saying uh, he hates penalties. He thinks it's a horrible way to end it. I agree with him. And I said that we should have either at 90 minutes or at 105 minutes, half-time in extra time, have the penalty shoot yeah, out then. Could work, yeah. Because what what happens with that is you you can you can get that process out of the way. Yes, there's an individual who's going to lose or win a penalty for you, a shootout for you, but it hasn't become yeah. fatalistic on the yes. spot. So because what happens with penalty shootouts is it makes a team game individualistic yeah. at the most key, potent, crushing moments. If you have it at ninety minutes or. 105 minutes they got the chance to redeem themselves exactly yeah. and also individually it, or collectively and it also does I mean the other, other bonus out of that is it uh, maybe 90 minutes at a time rather than before the game actually yeah but it does also mean that no one the team you know, extra time can be it's a bit boring, of a drag it's, it's it, exactly. both teams are a bit exactly. knackered both teams just feel well maybe People we just take cagey. penalties yeah, exactly. whereas actually now in that situation one team has to go and win it they have to win it in extra time or yeah. they'll they'll go out yeah. and or they'll lose. Yeah. So it, Which opens it up. And yes, that yeah. might mean they get stung on the break and it will. Yeah, but they've, but but they've got nothing the to lose then. That, got, that, that's the thing. They, they lost the penalty shootout. If that was at the end of the game, they haven't got any chance yeah. to do anything. Now they've lost the penalty shootout. So I, so I think there's, a, there's an argument for that. I think it's, mm. it's, a, it's, I think a, it's a really, really unfair in. way to lose games. And yeah. it's... It, and you can't have replays. It's not, you know... It vilifies individuals. I mean, how do you feel if you're Mbappe, if you're... Saka or yeah. Rashford or whoever you want to say from this game the other day um, uh, Southgate Waddle Pierce, 101 you can list hundreds yeah. of players who have had that pain individually and it's a team sport yeah. and they've not they've had the balls to step up and take a penalty Saka 100% one thing we know is he had the balls to oh, take yeah, one I, yeah. he said he wanted to take one he wasn't put on the spot yeah. there's no way you're putting a 19 year old on the spot against yeah. his will so I imagine Southgate saw in training said yeah. I want these five and then spoke to them and said yeah. are you up for this yeah. and then so what you probably don't spoke want, to them again someone after to have the game. guts like that to, to, to yeah. have the crushing blow of not only failing if you want to call it that but to have you know the, the weight of the world on his shoulders yeah. for well in this case 18 months but yeah. you know usually two years arguably four if you're talking about the same tournament Saka, Saka to me has been England's fine for the tournament he's been really great. he's, been, he's great. been I mean he's one who probably wasn't expected to get that much no. game time he was almost in one of some people's like ones who might miss out of the squad yeah. and he has been superb when he's played mm. he's 19 only I mean it's yeah. just ridiculous and yeah, he is. He, he will I'm have still shit again. with girls at nineteen. Never mind playing mm. football. Some would say I'm still shit with girls. But anyway, um, but you know, it's just it, it's mind baffling. I can't imagine yeah. my my nineteen year old self. Joking aside, I, yeah. I obviously don't have football tab. If I did, I can't imagine even then I'll be anywhere near. No. Getting close to, and, you, and what you, no he's one would have blamed him if he just back, he just hadn't wanted to do it, and he'd been like, "Well, I'll go seventh, eighth choice, yeah, or something like that," yeah. because he's nineteen and because he's mm. yeah that young, and he's but he has been superb, and I, yeah, I, I and, oh, this is, and this is what so I think should we, are we going to almost move on to the disgusting post match stuff and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, I think we have a break, uh, and then we'll but probably because I think to, that's a separate section. to bring into yeah. to that yeah. the, the abuse that those those three players yeah. who stepped up for their country and have done far more for their country ever. 
Marcus Rashford used to probably, like ensure that school kids have been fed this year and that sort of thing and last year and incredible stuff like that and the, the, those three players have done even Saka Saka's not done anything yeah. yet he's 19 but you know he's, a, he's an he's, A-star he's brilliantly student for England he's an A-star the, the student his mum and oh, yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't defending no no but just you know, yeah. in terms of like you know what those three guys have done for England and what, what this team have done for England over the summer far more than any of the yeah. Neanderthals and these scumbags come out yeah. and, and abuse them after yeah. the game when they're I mean you can tell they're absolutely gutted afterwards they, they're, they're beating themselves up for no reason they don't deserve to beat themselves up but they will be mentally going like yeah. well yeah why didn't I put it the other way why didn't I put it just inside the post or like that mm. they will know that they you know that, that, that they could have done more or whatever in that situation but they you know they shouldn't blame themselves but I'm sure they do I'm, and then to get that abuse from yeah. these morons online who are complete Neanderthals and, and just, to have Rashford who, who had quite a lengthy statement where he said you know despite all that abuse he'd received individually he was talking about how, you know, he uh, he was describing the penalty, how he said he, he deliberately did the step-up routine yeah. because he wanted to buy himself a couple more seconds to establish himself and to reassure himself. And he did everything right, and it's just he didn't quite yeah. bury it. But, you know, he, he was trying to buy himself time. He was psychologically And I can understand with also with Delarima, as you say, he's, like, he's such a big, imposing figure. I can understand mm. why someone would want to be like, well, actually, if I can send in the wrong way... You know, yeah. great. And he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. He, like the other players as well, including Saka, even though he's young, already know the connotations yeah. as well of, well, even if you take out the racism element, the vilification yeah. of anyone that misses a penalty. We've seen what's happened before with Southgate, Pierce, Waddle. Lampard actually got off light, didn't he? <laughs> In fact, no one really thinks about Lampard. And didn't Gerard miss one? Well, I think the key was the other, the other thing you mentioned. Yeah, loads have, but I think yeah. they were semi-finals, the, two, the three yeah, you mentioned yeah, before. True, true. And that's where mm. I think the difference yeah. is people remember the semi-finals, but yeah. don't remember the, yeah. the, uh, the numerous failures. I think like Cole and Young both missed one one year against Italy. Yeah. Um, Ashley Cole and yeah, um, true. Young. Uh, yeah, Carragher, Gerard. It's not um, a coincidence. Yeah, it's, like, it's a penalty shootout. These are professionals. Yeah. They've probably taken thousands of penalties, whether it be in the park with their mates, Sunday football, Youth football, schools, whatever, yeah. county tournaments, whatever it might be, obviously through all the academy ranks, yeah. they've taken hundreds of penalties. They they know how to take a penalty. Doing it in the heat of the moment is the key element. And I think we might be getting is it a drinks order? Yes. Oh, let's go for. I'm going to go for a Hepcat. Yes. Um, yeah, I'll go for Hepcat. Peter's on the Hepcat. Brilliant. Perfect. Thanks. Cheers. Great timing. That's that's a great timing for the order. We're just finishing. I'm finishing my pint of raspberry juice very strong raspberry juice <laughs> cheers peter cheers um yeah i mean they, they've been through so much more than any of these neanderthals will ever go through i'm going to rant about that in extremely large detail after the break when we get in with part three but before we do just to round off the tournament as a whole sorry i, th- I jumped ahead there. no 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 feel free that's fine but i do think these are by and large the best two teams in the tournament I think it's more or less fair to say. I think it was a good final. It was an intriguing final. If yeah, you're it a neutral... It wasn't a, you, so that's why I was being texted by one of my mates saying, like, oh, he thinks it should be like rules change so that you can have a more interesting final and that sort of thing. And I was like, it's no, that this is what is, it is. This, this is literally the most you know, the drama. And this is where penalties, of course, people do love it if they're neutrals because the drama is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's, yeah, it's just not a right way to... And I think maybe they should move them, but I, don't, yeah. I doubt they ever will, because it is so dramatic. But the tournament as a whole, three England players made the final 11. Um, we had Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire and Raheem Sterling. I think there was three or four Italian players in there too. 
golden boot winner by matter of an extra assist was Ronaldo. Ronaldo and Sticks, Schick, whatever his name is, both scored five. But Ronaldo, rather unusually, provided an assist. Not his greatest trait, unlike the real goat, Messi. We'll get on to Copper America later. But anyway, um, so Ronaldo's not in the, in the final 11, pleased to see. Three England players were. It was a good mix of people in general. I think it was a good tournament in general. I really enjoyed watching Denmark. I enjoyed watching, um, obviously, Italy and, and, and England. Um, there were some other good surprises in there. Individuals like Schick, we mentioned. Uh, some surprise teams, would you say, as well? Yeah, one or two, although nothing huge. Mm. I think the Czechs possibly were the, mm. the yeah. Czechs and uh, and the Swiss, maybe, as yeah. well. The, Sweden did all right, and then yeah. suddenly didn't. But they Obviously, were good. good Denmark without Ericsson was the big... I mean, I, I'll yeah. be honest, I... I found myself falling a little bit out of love with England until, as much as I'm not Southgate's biggest fan, I think it's tactically he can still be a little bit naive at times. And, I, and it's not a physical criticism. Are you saying you don't like 50 year olds from Sussex, Peter? I'm, I feel very insulted. Although I'm technically um, not 50 for another two weeks. But yeah, I think what he has done is brought the nation behind the team. And, you know, there have been so many times when I just felt that these, t- these players. Um, over the years have not been that bothered about playing for England they've mm. not been it's not been the the, the pinnacle of their career but you can tell this lot this do this lot do yeah this yeah. this lot of, you know and some, quite a lot of them are performing well above their club level we're saying on the last England. podcast this is the legacy from 2018 that, yeah. those press junkets pre-tournament yeah. and during tournament they, they really care passionately things, they? and they're genuinely you look at like what Rashford's done what other you know some of the other players have done in terms of over the, the last yeah. 18 months that sort of thing they're genuinely good people who have yeah. you know happened to be good at football rather than people who basically are as you uh, said, Rashford, to be good with Sterling, their feet. Henderson. Yeah, exactly. they, uh, as compared to people who happen Mings. to be good with their feet, but actually are complete idiots or whatever and mm. go out and get pissed all the time and yeah. don't really care about England. And that's what, so at times, I mean, I, I think that the teams that we had in around 2002, 2006, that sort of thing, were better players. But what Southgate has made is a much better team, and a, but, mm. which is why he changes things to fit other teams and that sort of thing. This, it is very Potteresque in a way. It's the club things. mentality and it's the DNA. You mentioned yeah. Potter, Ashworth, the DNA. Yeah, which and, and Ashworth goes, has to take a lot of credit for him. Yeah. one of the reasons I'm very excited you know, still yeah. that he's here you look at some of the players that, that really has worked there's a yeah. lot of hard work over a long period of time yeah. this is no coincidence that this is happening now and yes you, you need a good manager but it's more than that there's there's other things that have gone on yeah, there's other exactly. criteria you, the one bonus although I don't necessarily think it will, it will reflect in the, the World Cup because, yeah. um, <laughs> because uh, I don't necessarily think that we'll have cats yay <laughs> thank you thanks a lot cheers um Really think that we'll win the get we'll have a good we'll do as well in the World Cup because in Qatar it's not in conditions that's one all in the final Peter penalties <laughs> yeah go it's, on it's not it's not going to be as it's not going to be as as good I don't think because of the conditions and kind of where it is and yeah um, I do think that we've got a very good very young squad you're saying Saka's only nineteen mm. you know you look at the rest of them Kane's only twenty seven yeah, still exactly. I kind of assume that he was I kind of forget how young he, you know, he's relatively young still Sterling's still mid twenties. You know, kind of, you've got the, the attacking talent coming through, like Sancho, like Foden, Grealish only 25, you know, the players like that. Rice and Phillips midfield, 21 and 25, I think, or something, respectively. Yeah. Ben White, um, don't yeah, we say? Ben, ben White, you know, look at right back, you know, right back's our oldest player in Walker, but then you've got like Ale- uh, Alexander Arnold, you've got James, James Lamptey, Lamptey, potentially, yeah, in yeah. the future. Yeah. You know, it's like. How much Chilwell? 
late twenties, mid 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 twenties, sort of thing. Like Shortly like mid twenties as well. I mean, mm. he was. I mean, you look at where he was under Mourinho yeah. at Man U, and, he's and then where he's with, been with two stone yeah. timber. Yeah, um, <laughs> Maguire and Stones aren't that old either. But mm. you've got yeah Ben White, uh, Ben Godfrey coming through as well. There's there's some real talent coming Plus through. Some more that we don't know yeah, about. Bellingham, of course. I mean, who who played briefly played mm. in this tournament at times. He's only like nineteen or this whatever. Is the thing you look at. So there's some real quality. What's his name? Arsenal Smith Smith Rowe. Yeah, he could be another one. Yeah. Yeah. You look at. I think you've got three players in this squad who, who, who are involved, but not significantly, but will be massive names for England. Jude Bellingham is one. Jaden Sancho yeah. is the second one, and the third one's briefly gone out of my head. One of the ones you were just talking about. I can't remember who it was now. So Bellingham, Sancho, and Foden. Foden, yeah. yeah, Foden. Those those three are going to be linchpins in yeah. this. And it'll be a different England team to the way we play. I do think what Southgate did with this squad and the 2018 as well, to be fair, was right, by and large. I do think he's the right man going forward. Um, he, I, know I don't he think said in any way you can question that, given no, what he's, he's taking he said us. he's going to take time I think to think it's not it, the most entertaining football. It's not the best football but ever. It's but it's tournament football. Exactly. That's what yeah. the whole point of this is, tournament football. Yeah. That's what they all do. That's the, the teams that win Spain. Yeah, it's weren't that Spain amazing. Spain was so much better than they showed yeah. in two of those three winning tournaments because yeah. they said, no, we're going to grind this out. Aragones, he's not a great club if manager. You don't generally doesn't win, matter. You don't he's generally tournament win tournaments manager. by conceding two or three and winning 4-2 or whatever. Oh. You, you win tournaments by winning 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. Who's in the final? We conceded, yeah. what, a goal each in, in, on the way to the final? Two for them and one for us, but yeah, yeah. pretty much. That yeah. says it all, doesn't it, really? That says yeah. it all. No, I, I, and I agree, and I think they've, they've got the best out of this this group of players and they've done and I genuinely think they've connected with the public again in a way like yeah. no other and that's a reflection on in Southgate in the of the 2018 who yeah. although he's you know not the big name not the kind of the big money manager has, has done really well and I, I also think it's what they were saying there was an interesting chat about he was originally at the heart of it before he was on 20 man manager when he first came in and he in Brooking I think I read an article the other day yeah, before Brooking Ashworth joined mm. um they started targeting kind of like winning tournaments and that sort of thing, a lower age group, because that's what all the best teams do. Yeah. Spain before they won and, everything. And he was the 21s and then, manager, And then wasn't we he? started suddenly winning under 20s and under Wasn't 70s. he the manager when they had that massive shootout against the yeah, Dutch, where they lost? Was, yeah. But it went something like 12 and yeah, 11 and yeah. Exactly. So he then took on the under 21s and did have done really well. A lot of these players played for him there as well. That's the real DNA. That's what they were saying about and Spain. And Ashworth obviously has done, did a really good job there as well. Spain and the Nations, it? it's building. You have the manager, goes for the 21s. Yeah. They come up together. So you've got the same gaffer you already had yeah. when you become a senior. So if you're, for example, a club manager for four or five years, you're going to see that progression. Yeah. This is what the equivalent is. Yeah. It's and it, club management at international level. The big names, the big name managers, Ericsson, yeah. Capello, um, I, I wouldn't say McLaren, but uh, Ericsson and Capello, mm. for example, from didn't buy into you know whatever happened they didn't reunite the team they didn't bring it together they, Ericsson the, allowed celebrity team, culture to take yeah, over exactly. Capello allowed nothing Capello to was happen. never that bothered but of course he, well, was he like, didn't you know, allow anything to happen did he it was like a prison yeah camp. so I, I think I think what Southgate has shown is actually you're probably better off with an English manager even if they're a less good manager yeah. overall yeah in term, without wanting to sound, are you, you saying I should get the job then, Peter? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, you're saying less good. I'm 50 <laughs> and I'm from I'm from Sussex. Yeah, hey, that's a winning combo. Oh, but we were at Palace at one point. Uh, no, well, I was at Palace at one point. I <laughs> only supporting Albion. Um, but yeah, I think it's. No. I think that they, you know, they've. I, I felt more gutted on on Sunday than yeah, I had yeah. done a long time watching England yeah. and had I a massively it. sore head on Monday as a result of. I didn't feel trying that. to drink away my uh, mm. the pain, but it was, yeah, it was one of those ones where you kind of. 
I kind of give a one all. I kind of felt they were going to win, and then I think the penalty date is just so harsh because it's you're you're two we're two one up, and then literally two minutes later we've lost. And the agony is, I know we we prepared so much better for penalties. Oh yeah, and I I but you could never prepare for penalties. I predicted though. a one all draw after normal and extra with us winning on penalties <laughs> and I was convinced not just because I'd said it but I was convinced yeah and all the more when it went to penalties we're going to do this you could, and you when could... we're 2-1 up and even then when G- Giorgino missed well, but had could, it saved but you, I thought I, I, wow I think with penalties you can never prepare for them though no, no. the thing is like and it what you can do so my question to you turning around a little bit yeah so obviously we chose the end because Italy had one end and we had the other end yeah why did we sell tickets to Italy at one end was that was that a UEFA ah, ruling? Do you think? I'm not sure, but that's a good shout. Do we get? I don't know how it works actually. Do you get the choice of which end or end or, who, end or who, who takes, takes first? first? So I'd if we had both first. ends, I'd take first every time. If we taken, if we had both ends, yeah, we would have just said, well, it doesn't matter which end we take. Yeah, maybe maybe there is, is a there UEFA thing, ruling yeah. exactly. But I would still go with take first. It's definitely an especially advantage. Especially if the ground would have been louder anyway. Yeah, for the, for us because it wasn't yeah. like. You know, it's like that, um, you know, it still would have been a lot of booing behind the goal. And even if, if you're taking it at the end where the away fans are and things start off okay, say you're 2-1 up after three penalties, pressure starts to go on their fourth yeah. penalty, uh, their second penalty. Um, I don't think it necessarily is a problem. They, they, they say there's a something like a 30% better chance that you'll win a penalty shootout mm. if you start the penalties. Does that apply so though that, if it's like the wrong end or whatever? I think, it, I think it's across over yeah. average. Because we won the toss, so we chose yeah. the end. I think I would have picked who takes first. That's another Yeah. That's another. And, yeah. Is it, is it a case of us giving them nice tickets or is it something that UEFA said? Could we have given them tickets in the middle, up in the far end? Far I think, top Peter, of the we were planning to take over whichever tickets we wanted, <laughs> weren't we? Some of our fans were anyway. We'll get on to that, shall we, in part three. We'll have a quick break. I think fans just... in uh, inverted commas, yeah, they're not real fans. Exactly. I've got a bit of a rank coming, Peter. Can you feel the rank coming on? There are vibrations around. The, the like joyous, around. jovial ambience you can currently feel with this podcast is about to take a cloudy turn for the worse. But it needs to be. We're going to do that after I've expelled four or five pints worth of urine. <laughs> Back after this break. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Back after this break. Oh, we're back with part three, Peter. And we're on the Hapcats, aren't we still? We are. Yes. I've expelled some urine. Have you expelled expelled some urine? (laughs) There's no real answer to that, is there? (laughs) It's always a pleasure. Uh, Individually, of course. Sometimes a a relief. Yeah, we don't go at the same time, just to clarify. Um, (laughs) Right, okay. On such a jaunty note, I'm now going to go into an enormous rant in a minute. Because we've talked about the Albion, we talked about the Euros the tournament as a whole which I think we both agree was a great tournament the wrong team won <laughs> we're going to say that aren't we should no, have been North Macedonia no, to be fair Italy probably did deserve to win yeah. North Macedonia were my second choice yeah um, I forgot they were in it to be honest um, we have to talk about the spectre that is racism we've talked about it a number of times on this show I don't like to keep banging on about it except I kind of do in the sense that I feel I should and feel I want to I think it's ridiculous. when it, it feels keeps looming itself it feels ridiculous that we basically have to keep eventually because it seems to be a new incident every time yeah. we have a, we, have a show almost there seems to be a new se- yeah, incident I mean, we've, we've left during off the this season. subject haven't we for a number of weeks during the season though there seemed to be a different thing every yeah. week of some 
you know, some some online abuse, some racist abuse, and it, it's just obscene. And then and then you get idiots complaining about well, why do we need to take the knee? It doesn't it's not needed anymore? It does not make. It's like well, that's why you need mm. to take the knee because someone has to do something about this. Try and actually show something, and you know, yes, it might not work, but they've got to do something to show that the United against all this sort, all these wankers basically who are dishing out, you know. These wankers who hide behind Twitter accounts and hide behind Facebook accounts and that sort of thing mm. think they're you know they're not going to get found out, but yet somehow seem to think you know there's some sort of right to abuse players because they've missed a penalty, because they've done this and done that, and don't have any you know, and have no sort of you know, decency or whatever, but complete wankers basically. Yeah, well said. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about it before a number of times. We've left the subject alone. The, the racism's carried on week by week. Yeah to be honest but we've left it alone for a while because I, I don't want to go on about the same subject but it keeps punching us in the face we, we can't not talk about it again um, I've got friends from various political descriptions um, I would like to say because they're friends regardless of their political affiliations they have common decency and I know there's a guy I know who listens to this show who's a staunch Brexiteer I'm completely the opposite. He even likes Trump. I don't. But I think we've got a lot of common ground. We like quality in life. We like we understand sensibilities, respect. He despises racism, which sounds a bit incongruous for somebody who likes Trump. But, you know, there, there's people that... Well, there, there'll be... Um, differences of opinion on various subjects. Uh, but when all said and done... There's one thing when it comes to racism. It's wrong. Full stop. End of story. There is no debate about that. It's discrimination for discrimination's sake. Yes, you can have an agenda against certain people for certain reasons. Anybody, if you if you look at any character type in society, there's things you can pick out. If you're talking about black society, I don't want to list stuff because that's getting a bit awkward, but there's certain things people might pick out certain character types, certain traits. You could argue good and bad against either of those things. Um, but the fact of the matter is, there's good and bad in anyone. The people that are representing our country, these players, we talked about it a bit in the last part, they're doing the best. They're doing the best for themselves, firstly, for their family, secondly, or the other way around in those two and thirdly for their country yeah, that, they care uh, about all of those and not things. that I would defend abuse of any of the players in the old days because I didn't think it was right but I think this lot unquestionably are doing yeah. their best for their country you know I think before there was suggestion that maybe they, you know, the club football was regarded as a bigger thing for them because of the, the, the money involved yeah, I mean, that sort they're, of thing. They're, and actually I, I can't even blame players for that because I would rather Brighton won something than England won something personally yeah. I'd rather Brighton won the FA Cup than England won the European Championships yeah, there's, the choice there's parts of the country, I won't mention them, <coughs> Liverpool, uh, where they don't support England, really. Mm. I mean, if we won the Euros or the World Cup, yeah, they'd get on board with it and they'd, they'd like it, but they're not that fussed mm. about it because they care more about their clubs. I mean, I, I do support England, but I would I would rather Brighton, given the option of Brighton winning the FA Cup or England winning yeah. the, I mean, the, the Euros, I'd rather Brighton win the FA Cup because I have more of connections to that. I go to Brighton games regularly. I've yeah. been to a few England games over the years, but not loads. How I go many, to Brighton games all the time, you know. Kind of. How many people have felt disenfranchised with England for whatever yeah. reason? Loads of people on our WhatsApp group. All the people that listen to this. But on the other hand, is, 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 is it, is it, is it you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way? If you get less connected to it, then as a, as a, as a mm. group of fans, then why wouldn't the players do the same thing and then kind of 
focus on clubs as well, where they're, you know, it's an interesting debate. And in a way, I can't blame the England team at that point for focusing more on their clubs than their country. But in a way, we're getting off the point here, because I would say this team is the one, which is why I was so much more kind of into the Euros than I I thought it was going to be. Because the last, like, three, four years, Southgate has made this team. You look at the the complete chaos and the awful team that went out the Euros and how pathetic they were in 2016. And you compare it to the last five years. Yeah, and how, you know, I mean, Iceland deservedly beat us. Okay, let's cut to the chase here. What, What I was alluding to just now was stereotypes. Stereotypes of black people. There's a lot of stereotypes out there. Let, let me list a couple of them. People that might say this, they might be true, they might not be true. Single fathers, uh, sorry, single mothers, absent fathers, anger management, um, flamboyant natures, flightiness, whatever you want to call it. Those things are listed. You've got some of these players are from single mother backgrounds. Where I think I'm right in saying Raheem Sterling, is that right? I'm not sure. I can't remember. One one of the current England players, maybe more, is from a single mother background. You also are one of the scorers at some point. You you can say what you want about the whole absent father thing. That's not what this is about, though. This is about this England player who's from, who's who's had a single mother, who's brought them up the right way against the odds because you haven't got a father figure there that should be there. Yeah, that's true of, of people from all races, not just from black races for example um, anger management I've seen pretty appalling behaviour from white people well, it would be ironic for people. the people the morons online to uh, yeah, question exactly. anyone's anger management because yeah. they've obviously got quite a lot of uh, yeah so those issues. stereotypes yes it's an awkward subject to talk about but these stereotypes yeah the stereotypes are true and you can feed into those if you want to be incensed by them and to be wound up by them and to justify racist sensibilities you can feed into that stuff but you can feed into for example if I've got a prejudice against racist white guys I've got plenty of material to work yeah. with I mean, you see what I mean yeah so let's let's all get away from that point the, the point of the matter is these guys gave a shit there were cliques or cliques as some people ridiculously call it cliques is the real word for it um, in the previous incarnations of the, of the England team Man United Arsenal Liverpool I think Chelsea at one point there were, there were different splits there were there? Brighton clique though at least there wasn't no <laughs> That's for the future, Peter. That's for the future. And that did harm the England team. It was interesting and it was um, it was revelatory to hear from Rio Ferdinand and others talking about that. They were quite frank about it. I appreciated that. I wanted to hear that. I wanted to know the truth, good, bad or ugly, as to why we didn't perform as well as we should have done yeah. with the so-called generation. It's not just about Ericsson or Capello. It was, it was more than that. Those those guys. You could argue their management allowed allowed those to happen. To yeah, yeah. it's a bit of it's a bit of everything, isn't it? So you're right. There probably were better players. You could argue. I think individually, we had far better teams in the 2000s. You look at the likes yeah, of Scholes. Owen, Rooney, Rooney when he came said, in. Scholes is yeah. the one guy I would have liked to have seen at Barca well, who didn't come to Barca. Well, you, you, you look at um, you know the central defence. Sol Campbell was reserve in those days, hmm. and you'd say that he probably would get in the team now comfortably. You know, hmm. so you look at you know he was behind Ferdinand and Terry in those days. Hmm. he was the third choice and yet now he would probably be the, the dominant I mean I think he probably was although I'm sure a lot of people would disagree I think he's probably hmm. a better defender for his prime than Maguire yeah. um, and Stones certainly better than Stones who although Absolutely. he had a much better season is accident prone Absolutely. so you know you look at that, that sort of quality of player we had then hmm. you know and, and compared to now and yet this team have done what you know only what, what we've not done ever 
before uh, only once in our history before in in the previous World Cup and got to a semi final overseas of a major tournament, and then they've done what we've only done once before again in our history and got to a major final. Yeah. And you know, I mean, it's as much as I'm not convinced by Southgate's tactical awareness that sort of thing. What he does bring is you know he unifies those players, he brings them yeah. together, and he and he, and he and his backroom team have done a brilliant job in and that. And he sense. might he might learn from it and get better as well. Yeah. And I and I'd argue in a way that a better tactical coach who didn't do that would still do a worse job because mm. he might have really great tactics that the players don't engage and don't connect mm. with him, Yeah. then I w- I'd say probably that they wouldn't do as well. And whatever you say about these racial stereotypes that I've, I've alluded to, and there's plenty more besides, ultimately these guys give a shit about themselves, each other, the families, the teammates, and the nation. Yeah. They're feeling it. They're, they're, you, you look at the way Rashford responded to a the disappointment of the defeat and B, the abuse he was getting. Yeah. He was just, it was a long statement. I don't mean too long, it was the right length, but it was a lengthy statement to well, saying Mar- essentially... Marcus Rashford has done more for this country over the last year and a half than the government has. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet... And, that and yet most these, of those racists, and yet, and yet if not all of those racists have, yeah. Oh, I mean, he's done more than yeah. all of them put together ever. Yeah. But he's done more for this country over the last year and a half than than, than the government. And he he... Not that anyone deserves that. I mean, but it's it's ridiculous. He's genuinely should be a national hero. He yeah. he arguably is not a great season at Man U. He's been in a bit in and out. But for what he's done for this country as a whole, you know, ensuring that you know the kind of the, the, the campaigning he's done has been phenomenal. And the guy is the guy should be a national hero. Yeah, Sterling um, as well. Ignoring the, his the ignoring abuse, his football the stuff. abuse they got, yeah. not from the racists. Well, they, they are racist. The, the the national newspapers. Yeah, who have got an agenda. You know, the way they dress up stories, one versus the other. One guy, oh, look at this guy splashing his money in an ugly way for his mum. The other guy is buying a, a or, place for his sweet it, old mum. Com- yeah, comparative, it's Sterling it's and Foden, thing. wasn't it? The same, it's the same thing. Wasn't it? They, both of them bought yeah. a house for their yeah. for a family member or something like that. And, and Sterling was accused of throwing money away yeah. and that sort of thing and throwing money around. And, yeah, Foden was... Re- and it, and it is. I mean, yeah, I'm going to without gonna be, naming names. It's a Daily Mail and the Sun, basically, mainly, and the Express. I, I despise the, the tabloid those media. Our tabloid papers are absolute scum, as far as I'm concerned. And the scum, they, they the scum and the Daily Fail. And when I say fail, I don't mean as a successful new, newspaper. Unfortunately, it is very successful. I fail in ter- fail yeah. in terms of its responsibility to the public. And I know some of well, our listeners the sun's will, list, will read those papers. towards Hillsborough and all that sort of thing. Yeah, should never be forgotten yeah. what what their views were on Hillsborough. And what, those, whatever and you think about those papers, let me tell you, those guys have an agenda. It's a preset agenda. Probably all papers do, but those have a particularly unpleasant agenda set. The the scum in particular. You still can't buy the, the Sun newspaper in Liverpool. Yeah, quite rightly. After and what they brilliant. did after Hillsborough, it's, it's, it's so much brilliant. easier to say than to actually do for that to be the case. I'm actually very impressed with how the entire community over a, what, 35-year period still won't let that paper be sold. Yeah. That's bloody brilliant. Including Everton fans, wouldn't they? Yeah, kind yeah. Of, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the way they behaved after Hillsborough and mm. the way they basically yeah. said that people got what they deserved almost. The so police. people talk about fake news yeah. from the right wing of, of the political divide. Don't believe anything. You should always believe in what you hear firsthand and search out information. I don't mean search out biased news agencies. I mean search out information properly. Yeah. If you don't believe anything, have a look and see what there is out there. Because these or guys even just don't believe it if it's in the Daily Mail at all. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that would be my first. Saying, yeah, yeah. I would I just mean, have a, a heavy dose of scepticism and then 
pathetic and then ignore look, it look even more. Look at the more. way Raheem Sterling has carried himself. He's been abused mm. as an, uh, an individual personal agenda against him in national newspapers for a sustained period. He's been racially abused by Chelsea fans. He gets a tattoo. Pitch. He gets other things. You know, does other things Everyone like that. Everyone questions every Everyone questions everything he does. And he still carries himself yeah. well. And he still has and the respect and dignity. The, the player of the tournaments at the Euros. He was absolutely brilliant. And yeah. fair play to the guy. He gets he, he gets a lot of stick. People said he shouldn't a, start. I was questioning whether arguably he was, he was the, in right the worst person. form he's been in for a while at Man City. Yeah. And, uh, and you and look then, at yeah, him. He's, he's how old is he? Twenty-five, twenty-six. Yeah. He's he's literally half my age. And he's a better man than me. Yeah, to say that. Simple as that. So hats off to him and hats off to the rest of them. And when you see racism, whenever it is, however it manifests itself, there is no place for that. This isn't a political agenda, this podcast, but this isn't a political subject. This is a no. matter of humanitarian so decency. Should we move on to uh, someone we were talking about earlier then, shall we now? Because, yes, this is where yeah. there's, a, there's a confusion on lines of... So there's all this talk about politicising by, by taking the knee and that sort of thing, yeah. which Priti Patel obviously said before the Euros. Was and we've, we've obviously seen a, Je- uh, was, a rant um, from Tyrone Mings that heard it today on Twitter, which I think is exemplary. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Tyrone Mings as a footballer, but what he said today was absolutely completely right. And he actually had a pretty good Euros a couple and of what, games what, he played. What does she call it? Gesture politics. Yeah, and so it's not about politics. Taking Race, the knee was... There's nothing about politics at all. It is anti-racism. And it was And it's not about it black life. Obviously. Obviously. It's not about Black Lives Matters. It's not about anything like that. It's, a, it's simply anti-racism. And that, is, and that is what the players are doing and why they're doing it. It's not about the fact that anything to do with Black Lives Matters, which is like people, you know, the abuse that people say and they're saying it's supporting a political group. It's not about that. The players don't give a shit about that. They're taking a knee to say they're anti-racist. How yeah. can you criticise that? How can you complain about someone being anti-racist? What logic is there there? What what complete... And I was really glad to see the Italians did the same thing in the final as well. Yes, That was did. really good. Yeah, yeah, let's mention that. Yeah, the Italians did take the knee too, which I don't think anyone else had been doing. Not sure any, the yeah, many other teams had, but I'm really glad they did. Um, yeah, I don't know how, to them. They, I don't know how much that was a deliberate ploy to do with the fact it was against England and where I, I it was. Yeah, I don't I'm know not, not sure. whether it was or whatever, yeah. but yeah, but fair play to them. Well done. I have absolutely nothing but contempt for the vast majority of politicians. I'm not going to tell you my political leanings. Okay, I will actually. They're centre, centre, maybe slightly left. I'm not a radical left, I'm not a radical right. What I believe is in humanity, decency, respect. And difference, and respecting difference, fine. When you've got people like Pretty Patel, uh, pretty fucking hypocritical Patel, I call her, she, she's calling Jim. It scans really well. It does, doesn't it? It's rather too. I'm going to use it again. That's the name of the podcast episode now. Right, here we go. Um, she she has got the gall, first of all, and I don't quite know where she's coming from with this either. Well, I do, because she's, she's an ambitious, cold veined uh, social climber. But she's saying it, it's. Um, it's uh, what were we calling it? Politi- Gesture politics. Gesture politics, yeah. That clearly is what she's doing. Oh, taking the knee, people have got the right to boo. Well, she's appealing to the yeah. Tory right wing, basically. Yeah. The Tory far right. Because that arguably. will appease people that will yeah. help her to. Who then probably would vote for her if she get one to become exactly. Prime Minister, frankly. But both in terms but of inside and outside. Is Johnson actually, def- yeah, was it Johnson was like saying he, he, def- he thought they should do it, that sort of mm. thing before the tournament? So, it's, I mean, they obviously don't, didn't get their, their wording to. No, they get their ducks in order, didn't they? Yeah. She subsequently has now sanctimoniously condemned 
the sport she loves, I say that very, very sarcastically indeed, um, she's got no interest in football at all. She She's jumped on the, dare I call it, gesture politics bandwagon to condemn racism in this case. And she has very rightly and very, very clearly been called out by Tyrone Mings, who I don't think has been our best player, but fair play to him. I yeah, do have a lot of res- games. He had a couple of good games. Anyway, regardless of that, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a very good guy. He's come from a Obviously humble was background. Obviously, subjected to some really horrible racist abuse in is it Hungary when he, yeah, he played yeah. away to was it Hungary or somewhere? Yeah, somewhere like that. Yeah, by, by and of course they all got banned for several years because yeah, everybody really minutes. takes things seriously. Yeah, so you know, and he he called her out on it, and he said, "How dare you stoke up the flames of political unrest by?" suggesting it's gesture politics and then jump and then on the gesture yeah. politics bandwagon itself she didn't he didn't say that but effectively that's yeah. the point she is the arch hypocrite of all hypocrites it's the most repulsive but the, probably the most common trait of any politician in this country at the moment is that i despise pretty patel she's pretty fucking hypocritical isn't she I, you know, Mings is being quite passive. I'm not. You probably notice. I cannot abide duplicitous politicians, and she is the absolute epitome of it. She's a social climber. She's just doing everything she can for her own benefit. She has got no interest in the public, and as such, that's the explanation as to why she's there for her. The explanation as to why she shouldn't be there for me. People should be there to serve the public, whether you're on what side of the political divide you're on. You have to serve the public and you have to be respectful for all. She is taking the fucking piss. Yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. And I think that's a, a, a rips into the Tory party. And Johnson, the whole, I'd say. Johnson jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah. He's saying it's deplorable, it's despicable. Fine, okay, if you're the Prime Minister, that should be your stance as the Prime Minister. The only problem is, when you've been Islamophobic in the past, it doesn't quite carry so much weight, does it? When you've been derogatory about scousers, when you've been derogatory about various individual ethnicities it doesn't really carry the weight does it the only two people from the government that have have spoken out are those two you get andy burnham who's one of the only politicians i respect who said he won't be the labor leader because he's honoring his manchester mayoral role for the next three years is it i'd love him to be in charge of either party because he would do better in either role than any of the incumbents now in the past and probably in the future. Anything to add on that, Peter? <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> but I, I, mean, I think politicians jumping on the bandwagon of football is to, to attack or to do or to to cheer is probably a kind of realist reality of like permanently. Mm. Really, it's like populist politics, isn't it? You know, kind of everyone supporting the football. So Johnson appears in an England shirt and goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, so yes, yeah. We, we we kick the ball into their into their net and Johnny, uh, good boys. What? what? Yes, yeah, so, you yeah. know, kind of. I mean. Um, it's funny how quiet she's got since Ming's posted his yeah, tweet. I mean, she was full she of was... loads of stuff. She's suddenly shut her mouth, hasn't she? Well, it's, it is kind of a... What a coincidence. I don't know whether... Well, I think probably not with Pretty Patel, but she might have like, kind of... Or maybe she'd be told by her, her, her team to kind of wind her neck in and back off. Cause is this the same team that tells, a... that tells all of the politicians how to address their thumb in relation to their hands while they're talking to the public? Because you've got a certain hand gesture that apparently is sincere and everyone's supposed to fall for that crap. It's but pathetic. It's, yeah, I mean, 
It's pathetic. I don't have a lot of faith in any politicians these mm. days, to be honest. They're all kind of, especially in the Tory party, I'm not a, yeah. I'm definitely not a fan of them, and yeah. I, I don't want to get into politics. But yes, absolutely, to go and condemn the taking the knee before the, before. I mean, she did condemn it. It wasn't just like mildly criticised, mm. it was condemn it. And then to go and like jump on the anti-racist bandwagon yeah. when, I'm, I'm when hold- she basically had said that, they, that what they were trying to do that was anti-racist was not should not be done to gesture politics is it's basically as you say hypocritical it's, and, it's appalling to and it's to tie ridiculous. in gesture politics with a humanitarian message yeah no. being anti-racist is not political <laughs> being anti-racist no. should be a stance that everyone yeah. in the world takes yeah it should be automatic exactly. exactly the fact it's not automatic to everyone in the world is why they have to do things like take the knee yeah and that sort of thing you know and it's it's the old adage of Doing nothing is not necessarily and as you say, doing nothing. Is absolutely it? useless. I mean, we had a rant about UEFA on here before, but you look at like they didn't, they wouldn't let Germany do the, you know, the, for the Hungary game, they wouldn't let rainbow Germany thing, have the yeah. rainbow flag, rainbow kind of lights across the, the ground. They 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 censor people for you know kind of have moving Coca Cola bottles out of the way and yeah, putting water in. Doing nothing is not doing other, nothing. On the other it? hand, you know, Nicholas Bentner gets fined loads for having a T-shirt underneath yeah. the advertisement. If there's somebody, a Holocaust uh, happening yeah. in Berlin and you stand by and you don't do anything at all, is that doing nothing is that is that being neutral exactly it's not, not is it yeah and, that, and that's the fight it's like they they are basically just sitting there finding people a few you know a few hundred a few tens of thousands yeah a few, <laughs> we're just doing gestures yeah, at the window few, to the couple more thirty thousand for uh you know for racist abuse in the yeah. ground and then teams get double that for you know various yeah. other it's continued ridiculous to things that, after and it, and it we've called them out it carries on happening Personally, there needs to be UEFA needs to set the example. Where in FIFA, in international for example, there needs to be permanent bans for home games for like the next five years for teams who are caught. You know, maybe the first the first time you miss five go home games. After that, you can't have a home game for for European football, for uh, cha- European Championship or World Cup qualifying for four years. You get a whole two. You miss two tournaments essentially of home games. You have to go somewhere else, and that becomes you don't get profits from the game as well, and that takes away. You know. And then suddenly people can't watch a game for four years at home and then they can't, you know, or they, they have to have an empty stadium or whatever it is. There's some sort of work around because England go to Hungary in a few months' time, I think, don't they, in a qualifier. And there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of abuse of and got, England's players. And you've got the farce of the Qatar tournament. That, that, that itself is a, yeah, is a, beacon, yeah. a beacon of hypocrisy well, you look at the last two, Russia and it? Qatar. It's a repulsive. Russia, it's was, repulsive. Russia and Qatar both bought the tournament. Yeah, yeah. And... Allegedly, and uh, <laughs> but I think I can safely say they did. I know and our, our good Qatar, friend Andy Bass would agree with us on this one. <laughs> Qatar promised at mm. the time that they play it, play it in July, and uh, funny enough, because it's like 45, 50 degrees in Qatar in July, they're not doing that. Mm. Now, I, I can understand if they want to spread it around the world, and I do get that, but they had Buddy Australia, who qualified quite a few times recently, who'd never hosted the World Cup, who were asking to host it. Hmm. They would be you know, bidding for it. And, and they should have been the ones who got it, not Qatar, because Qatar's got no connection with football. They've never qualified for the World Qatar Cup. Qatar is a new level. You've you've had South Africa, you've had Brazil, Brasilia, for example, where white elephant stadiums have been built. Now the only change is they've now got white elephant stadiums that are tinged with blood. Yeah, that's the only difference I can see. I mean, yeah, the amount of people who've died building the World Cup stadiums is vile. No it's one should sickening. die building a bloody stadium. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's anyway, like, and I think yeah, the amount and yeah, yeah, I mean, this is obviously going to a, a new level of ranting, but I think the football horses <laughs> as a whole are genuinely incompetent. I mean, it comes down to also. I mean, you look at the mm. the rules over here. You know, they kind of like 
Derby and Sheffield Wednesday over the last two seasons have got away with breaking the, the rules they've and not got re- obviously Sheffield Wednesday have now gone down because of their mm. points deduction. They should have gone down Only last season. Only carried on being yeah. shit at the Sheffield same Wednesday time. should have gone down this last season. Derby should have gone down this season. Mm. They broke the rules that season. They should be fine that season. QPR never really got punished for what yeah. they did, did they? Either. Bournemouth went really? up through yeah. you know dodgy practices. Palace. Oh, thank you. Thanks very much. Catch the board. Cheers. Lovely. Yeah, still recording. No, please join in. What do you think about the game of the weekend? Have you gutted? Happy? Who do you support? I didn't support anyone. Fair enough, yeah. I thought it was... I do think uh, (laughs) football just shows the worst of... Yes, this, uh, this is literally what we're talking, we're talking about. about. <laughs> and, I mean, we're ranting necess- about racism it's at the moment. Yeah. It's unnecessary. There's several, there's several points to be like, firstly, football is um, um, a male and then it's male-dominated uh, world. Yeah, it still and is. that's the problem, it still is, yeah. because uh, most society obviously is uh, oppressed exactly. by uh, 52% women. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. And if you notice... I start noticing that because I haven't watched football for a while. I'm Portuguese. I, when I was younger, I used to really enjoy football, yeah. and I think we we won like something. I don't know. Yeah, but, I don't know how you won that one, but anyway. Uh, did we play <laughs> I'm joking. You? I'm joking. Yeah, you beat you? us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That was like kind of no, I'm six, six, seven years ago, maybe. I think it's a few more years ago, actually. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. But if you noticed the way how uh, they showed the football games. Hmm. Uh, in the in the TV, for instance, um, you, you should notice which people do you, they, they show. They show women and kids. Exactly. Not not the ninety nine percent of men yeah. that are going to watch the game. Exactly. So that's also a huge. And problem. the women they show tend to be pretty as well. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, objectifying, objectifying. Additional, obje- yeah. And, and exactly. But there's objectification mm. of uh, kids, uh, children, not in a sexual way, obviously. But there's objectification yeah. too. Mm. To, uh, I don't know, yeah. Peter Pan idea of like being a child forever and yeah. assuming responsibilities, so they obviously check that and the, the, the woman also is like, yeah. Yeah, it's like objectified yeah. and projected. In, Lots of problems. We're, we're just ranting about the, the racism element and yeah, the hypo- hypocrisy of our Home Secretary. I say our, I didn't vote for her, but anyway, um, uh, I yeah, I didn't, I don't know what, what did she say. She's essentially. She's criticised. She said that um, the booing of the taking of the knee mm. was a problem, and people should be allowed to do it. Oh, and yeah. then she's now saying it's a disgrace about racism. Oh wow! Hypocr- it's a bit, a, bit, a bit of British policy. Yeah, uh, I politics think so. Politics yeah. is hypocrisy. Yeah, Here yeah. we are, but yeah. all yeah. politics is a bit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that was yeah. the general conclusion. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, we end up to yeah. to to. To the similar conclusions yeah. in nowadays society. Are, like, but on the plus side, and turning it back around to football, Ronaldo wins the golden boots. Of course, he always <laughs> wins the golden boots. So what, I, I forgot know. he was in the tournament, but he still won the golden <laughs> boot. How does that work? I think he, he, scored, he scored the most. Uh, yeah, he got five, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. scored five. Somebody else did as well, but he got an assist as well. Oh, That's why okay. he won it because okay. it goes on. Uh, he only sm- played four games in fairness. So yeah. I mean, it's like, Quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, fair I'm enough. I'm very impressed that you kind of recorded. Yeah, we're still oh, recording. Half an hour. Oh, you, no, we're still recording, yeah. yeah. Still we've, been, we've been here recording for a while. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah we oh, that's lovely. Not all the way through, no, no. Oh, we we did pause. You'll have a lot to edit then. <laughs> <laughs> we might have. What was your name? Deanna. Deanna. Great to chat to you, Deanna. We'll Russell, see you again. Russell? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Peter. Peter. Yeah. Uh, lovely yeah. to meet you. Cheers. All the best. Good luck. Cheers. And thanks for the beers. No worries. Enjoy. Great. Deanna there. 
Portuguese fan, and I think she's made a, good, a fair few points, and it's calmed us down for a moment. But I'm going to go straight back into ramp mode, Peter. What else is there? Right, we talked about Pretty Patel and her hypocrisy. That I is one thing. I think we basically thing. covered everything about football authorities, all of the football authorities to, to, from the... Yeah, the... but let's talk about England fans. Aren't England fans brilliant? For example, the major numbers who turn up to just essentially celebrate before we won, to throw bottles around, to cause carnage, to cause mayhem, to cause mess, to be audacious, to be arrogant, to be maybe xenophobic, I don't know, I wasn't there so I don't know. Um, to then try to break into the stadium in the case of a smaller number of those people. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I mm. mean, I've, I've been to Wembley to watch England about three times, I think. Yeah, um, And in same. games much less big than this. Hmm. Like one was against San Marino, so for Peter, almost every England game is less big than this. But, <laughs> to be fair, but the levels of security, yeah, how on earth did anyone even? I and mean, I, I, we, I heard we had, some it, we had news, a game against Palace go- a while ago where they only have to get through like one their security and get in, and then and then open the door and yeah. people come in. But and then then they moaned about the Sussex police, but yeah, even though so they that, started. But that, that, that was one their security. Like getting, mm. they can get overpowered. But there's so many levels in Wembley that you can to get through, and uh, European tournaments and yeah. FIFA tournaments in general. And how on, do they and get through? They them, made so. a point of saying in the news in the run up to the tournament how apparently some attempted breaches occurred for the Denmark game so they yeah. A had experience B had intel yeah. that this might happen again yeah, exactly. and there was apparently a, a concerted attempt it wasn't just a spontaneous thing yeah, exactly. this was an, a concerted uh, attempt to break in and I, I by think a group it sounds of people like, well this sounds like this combination of this and other stuff is going to end up messing up our bid for yeah, the, yeah, we'll the World Cup now because it, it can't fail to really can which, it? which was a UK bid so it was going to effectively be Ironic, all of Ireland Wales Scotland England I think it was just I public think. enough wasn't it oh, was it? Oh, okay. but yeah it still yeah. was kind of and I, I think probably ironically it won't be anything out of racism that affects that because I don't think FIFA and UEFA care about that no, they it will be don't. the lack of security and the fact that there are security issues yeah. that will affect that bid yeah. Um, because yeah. they're like, well, if you can't keep any of these play- these fans out of yeah, this, just to clarify, your main stadium, how can you do it in other stadiums? Because we didn't stuff? talk about the semi-finals beforehand. Just just to clarify and wind back slightly, semi-finals we were charged with a few breaches, which were disturbances centred around when the national anthems were playing. Which, as I understand it, was well, we did boo the anthem very vociferously, which well, I found. We didn't. Well, not we, us, but yeah, the England fans, which I found vile. Yeah. Secondly. There was some kind of incidents occurring. I think there was a Schmeichel eye um, laser in his eye, wasn't there? Yeah, that was ju- that, the penalty shootout. Uh, in the, um, penalty, but for, for the, the penalty. penalty, yeah. Um, there was also apparently some people having their the Danish flags ripped down and some booing and some uh, some agitation of some sort. It's also necessary during isn't it? the like... and it wasn't that kind of game. It's not that kind of uh, a country. We've got a good reputation with Denmark. We have a lot in common with Denmark. No, I don't, I don't, don't understand why you want to do that. I mean, I, I, cool exterior, shitloads going on interior, and a sarcastic it's, sense it's of humour. We're the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same as with um, with Brighton as well. I, I've always, I love supporting my team. I'm as passionate about Brighton. I think you'll back me up here as anyone. You know, I, I I'm, you know, it's it basically absolutely. Kind of, it's mm. a big part of my weekend to go and watch them. It will affect how my mood for most of the weekend and even to the weekend that sort of thing Absolutely. I would never want to go into a punch up with anyone I'd never want to kind of get yeah. into an argument with opposing fans that sort of thing I'd never mm. I, I never want to kind of like cause trouble 
partly, if anything, because if I got caught and then got banned from watching Brighton, I'd be lost, if anything, you know, it's kind of like, it's such a big part There's of my life. There's nothing else to do, Peter. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and, it's like, and, I, and I don't understand the logic. I, I go to support my team. I don't go to, like, go and fight yeah. people. I don't go to and, and the other thing argue is, with people and take the... You know, have a go the other at them thing is sort of fireworks thing. were set off as well. And apparently there's a big debate about where the fireworks would be set off from. We've been charged with infractions, booing the anthem, tearing down flag, flags, some flares being set off, and whether the flares were set off in Wembley, a.k.a. Yeah. UEFA jurisdiction, which is basically the stadium and certain Wembley walkways. So you could be three feet away from me and you've set a flare off, that could be a problem. Mm. Three feet the other side might not. Okay, you've got to draw the line somewhere, fair enough. But it's on small margins. How do you control outside the ground? It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's yeah, like, why is any of the outside yeah. ground area being The, the really interesting one is going to be FIFA. what how FIFA, how FIFA punishes for the UEFA, sorry, punish yeah. for the national anthem. Because I really hope they throw a book at the FA, to be honest. Because it will basically mean they've got no leg to stand on if there's any racism and that sort of thing in future. Yeah, yeah. So it's how can you do defend- I, I hate, by the way, the booing of the national anthem. I think you think it's disrespectful and What's unnecessary. The What's the point exactly? What is the purpose of it? What if, is the- if you'll do anything, you'll fire up the opposition. Yeah. Um, I did a poll on Twitter. So I think it was... I'll, I'll have a look, actually, and find out the detail. I think it was something like 74% of people said outright that it was... Um, just disrespectful let me just find the uh, I'll find it here we go right so the poll was I said yes definitely it's okay only if they start it um, no except if it's Scotland or no it's definitely disrespectful so the answer was yes definitely 5% only if they start it was 4% which is only a flippant category anyway 18% said only if it's Scotland I kind of I, I don't like it, but I can at least understand that view because it's, it's a very fiery affair. It, it feels like Palace Bryden. Anyway, anyway, 71% said no, it's disrespectful. Um, whatever your views on it are, that's what the majority think on the straw poll we did. Um, that's one thing to say. Second thing to say is, in general, put yourself in the position of the opposition. If you're Denmark, for example, you've got no beef with England. As I've just said, we've got a lot in common. Sensibility, psychology, we're very, very similar. We're probably the most similar nations on earth, with the possible exception of Scotland, maybe, or someone, someone like that. But, you know, in terms of outside of the UK, that's the, the closest we are to any other nation. So why are you booing, in great detail, the national anthem? People were saying, well, they were booing the Welsh anthem. What's that got to do with us? Do we, does that mean we need to boo them? We don't care about whether the Welsh anthem is getting booed, do we? Well, I know you might do, because you're... I, you're I missing, didn't realise they had them first. Yeah, apparently so. It's, that's the only reason I knew about it, is because the argument developed. But um, you think, well, it's, it's embarrassing. If it's Germany, you can, at least you can see, all right, I know, I know where they're coming from in this. I don't agree with it. I wouldn't like it, but I could sort of see it. Scotland completely could see it, because it's... More like a derby game than a international match, if you see what I mean. Denmark, what the fuck? You know, why is what sounds like 30,000, 40,000 people booing the anthem? Yeah, it's, just, it's embarrassing. It's just ridiculous. And it's really, really disrespectful. And I know they might have done it to the Welsh. That's got nothing to do with us. If we they like done it to the Welsh, have they been charged for that? I haven't heard anything. 
And if it's not true, then it makes it all the more disgusting that yeah. we're doing it to them. So exactly. So either way around. I mean, I don't think it matters. I, I, I wouldn't do it anyway. Whatever they've done to someone else or not, I would not yeah. allow myself to that level. Yeah. But booing if, the players. On the other hand, also, if they've not been minutes. charged having done it themselves, and we have been, that yeah. seems a bit ridiculous as well. Yeah, it's hypocritical by the UEFA if that's what's happening. Um, I'm booing the players from the moment they kick the ball during the match. Fine, it's it's you know, partisan yeah, see, I, stuff. I, I don't really like that either. So I I, I would cheer I don't, my but team I can, on. I can understand. Yeah, that, I, I cheer. I'd much rather cheer my team on supporting them rather than boo the opponents. It's just that unless obviously you, you have this instant with Brighton, where it's like a comedy, you know, a Grealish sort of you know player, and then you kind of like will boo them. But even then, it kind of inspires them, you know. They you all know, say it Zaha helps or Grealish, they, they obviously will... They, they all say it, it helps it builds Zaha them up, does yeah. score a lot of goals against yeah. us, so it's not as if it doesn't ring true, yeah. is it? Um, I can at least understand that, but I, I just find it uncomfortable, and I don't think it helps, no. so I don't see the point of it. That's one thing. Uh, people break into the stadium. What was then unsavoury was seeing the footage the next day of what happened from film coverage from inside the stadium, which was showing... Fans who had tickets, who were inside the stadium, quite understandably being outraged and angry that people with, who had paid nothing tried to get into the ground, had broken through barriers. They got through police cordons, the supposed UEFA staggered don't-go-in areas. They got through very, very easily into the stadium, a bit like Palace fans at Brighton. And subsequently what then happened was another unsavoury scenario where... To, to my mind quite thuggish in some cases English fans who had genuine tickets and were in the stadium then started beating up the people that were breaking in now while you think well if they didn't break in they wouldn't have had this coming to them and I agree with that the fact of the matter is when you see an Asian guy getting special treatment inverted commas who's being beaten around the head punched kicked in the testicles in the head in the stomach in the back on multiple occasions, much more than anyone else I saw in the two-minute footage, then you have to suggest that there's racial undertones with that as well. Yes, those guys had the right to be there, and they paid for their tickets, and the other guy didn't have the right to be there. It doesn't give them the right to beat him up. No, it has the right for them to manhandle him back to the stewards, I would say. I would do that. But that's not what they were doing. They were kicking him repeatedly. Eventually, a particular knucklehead who did have a kick at him did grab him and take him to the stewards, but not, not until after several people had punched him. I noticed there was a very large guy who looked... I couldn't quite tell, but I think he was a black guy. Nobody touched him. So, call them cowards as well, if you will. Yeah, uh, it's all it's all The whole thing's unsavory, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just... Yeah. It's just a... Yeah, they not, shouldn't have been getting in at all. So the issue shouldn't have been occurring. Yeah, I don't know what they messed up there in terms of security. Why they, where it went they wrong, knew it was where coming, it went, as we said. Yeah, where it went wrong. Well, even if we, even without the pre-warning, I mean, inevitably that a game like that, it's England's first final in. They're selling tickets for years. ten grand yeah. online. Obviously, it's going to happen. England's first it? final in fifty-five in fifty-five years. Everyone knows there's thirty thousand seats empty because of COVID. You know, and you've it's, got a, a it's gradually not like, increasing you know, in a full, crowd of two hundred thousand people outside in a full stadium. It still would have been an issue. Probably people have tried to force their way yeah. in and just try to find a way of getting in. But here, they know there's thirty thousand empty seats. They can just wander in last minute if they can and get a seat where someone's not sitting. Yeah, if they it's, can get in, they know they can blend into the back. There's loads of seats there, and so it's, it's always going to happen, and it was always going to be an issue. Why they didn't prepare better? What they went? What went wrong with their security? Because mm. it feels to me that this should be so 
clear. Wembley security is pretty good normally, I reckon. Mm. It's like, you're not allowed to take anything in, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed mm. to do that. This many people, even if they break through the first row of group of security, mm. should not be able to get into the stadium. And that's what it's there for. And I don't understand what went wrong and why it happened. Yeah, with less fans with tickets yeah. as well and that'll be I mean, in the end why huge, we don't get there's an unprecedented number of people turn up outside yeah. the stadium we have to say that but that should be accounted for yeah. and I, I don't to... think we'd have got the World Cup anyway in 2030 because we don't won't bribe anyone enough but um, I, I certainly <laughs> don't think we will now and it will be because of this it won't be anything to do with the you know any sort of like booing or anything it won't be to do with anything like that yeah. it'll be down to the fact simple fact that well, in our national stadium which is supposed to be the the high spot you wafers yeah flagship event. event we let this happen and that will be why yeah. and it's been that will reported. be the reason this has been reported across the world I've seen the footage on Twitter they've shown that Twitter footage yeah. it's ugly it will take very an awful lot of bribery for us to get to the World Cup and we're not very gonna, ugly. obviously not going to do that anyway yeah exactly give it to Qatar even though it's a European thing they would do that yeah oh no the, the World Cup in the, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah give it to Qatar I don't know why we're bidding 2030 because Paris has got it France has got it in 2026 everything's out the uh, normally it's like alternating everything, no it's all, out the, it's all out the um, it's all out the window though isn't it the sequence is it sequence mm, completely relevant yeah. now I don't yeah. know but I mean for me I mean yeah it's unprecedented scenarios I think there's a whole cocktail going on here isn't there <clears throat> Whatever your views are politically... Margarita, is that? Yes, exactly. You've got Brexit, you've got division, you've got a polemicism going on. It, it, it was always a recipe for disaster. You've got this heady concoction of a feel-good... Oh, no, it's Canada, Mexico and US in um, okay. 2026. You've got this feel-good thing of... Um, was it the Olympics in Paris, then? You've, you've got this feel-good thing of... Um, Oh yeah, the next um, Olympics are in Paris. That was that's what I was thinking of. The football team, the football team, and people around them projecting this really positive air, doing a lot of good stuff, societally, communally, for themselves, for the team, for the nation, for the football, doing a lot of feel good stuff, and it's been bookended by booing at the taking of the knee at the end of the season when fans were allowed back in, and booing of the need to a certain degree during certain games during this tournament and the booing of anthems and the setting off of flares and the tearing down of Danish flags and who knows what with the Italians. It's ugly. It's not what I want from England. I kind of don't sadly, give a shit that we didn't win it and when, sadly, when I see shit like that. Sadly, it's what you come to expect, isn't it, though? It's yeah. Like... It's knuckleheads. It's thick knuckleheads it's obviously a lot fewer than it was at one point there's a lot less of it going on but it is still you know there's always and the really sad thing is that you know for the the 60,000 people in the stadium everyone talks about the the couple of hundred who who acted like pricks and And for the 50 million people in the country you know everyone talks about the 300 people 400 people who acted like pricks and And who went on social media comprehensively across Europe and yeah. the world and it, on and the it, news and that's the sad that's thing about football shown. it's like it kind of it, it gives about stereotypes earlier it brings up the stereotype of you know kind of mm. thuggish white people who have got mm. like skinheads and, and look like they're going to like kind of threaten people and it, and it makes people who don't watch football think oh a lot of football fans are like that all football mm. fans are like that and it's like nothing like that I mean I've been going to football for 30 years now and I've never seen any trouble because I've, I don't go near it you know it's kind of like there is trouble all around and if you want to go and find it but, but watching Brighton I've always managed to avoid it without any sort of yeah, issue yeah if you, if you want to find fo- uh, trouble at football yeah. you're going to have to go online 
yeah. get, get into the loop and yeah. find out what's going it's on. Probably not the case in the eighties or nineties. It probably sought you out in the eighties yeah. and found you. But not now, now, not now. It, it's like genuinely most people who I speak to are football fans who are as passionate as I am and you are about football mm. are just really good to chat to, especially if they support you know a non like big six team. And but yeah. even the big six fans are kind of who've been there in the relatively tough times compared to what they mm. have normally. Are, are good people and genuine genuine fans and and we all just love football and actually all want to just talk about football and yeah. have a chat about it and then there are there as we, all clubs have idiots some clubs like Millwall and Leeds have more idiots than others mm. and Cardiff you maybe that sort of thing but yeah genuinely most football fans are decent people who just have a have a passion like a lot of people have a passion of other things mm. but to the to, to people who don't know about football it, you end up with stereotypes of you know these thugs who go and beat up people, and really it's not true. I very rarely felt in any sort of danger watching Brighton, any sort of like con- you know concern of my safety and that sort of thing. And it, and it's just a genuine a passion that I you know I've never thought about causing trouble anywhere. You know I just like go away and I'm either gutted or delighted, or it makes my weekend yeah. better or worse. I've been going to the Albion for about forty two years. I've seen three incidences of racism, three, and most of those are recently fairly recently yeah I think well I mean this is why I think Brexit's coming I think racism has been yeah. almost allowed well, whatever by whatever you think about Brexit you can be I respect views either if, side you, you can, yeah I'm not saying that Brexit was what it, voted for by racists undoubtedly my, my view is that it has allowed people who are racist exactly. And made them feel empowered. that they're amongst others it's and they can them. actually, yeah, yeah, empower them yeah. exactly. And that's because they all there's been a lot more blatantly. racist incidents in football yeah. in the last five years than yeah. there had been. Oh, it's it, been pretty much an, you know, kind of like got rid of in this country, yeah. And then you now hear about it. I mean, that's been shown in the show, you know, in, in, the, in the pod. It's like it's been constant mentions, you know, mm. every, every week there's some new racist abuse of some player it's online, every single or whatever, week. you know. And people have said every week I get abused. And I'm sure every next, week. The next season we talk about it at the games as well. Obviously, last a year and a half, yeah. year and a bit, it's been talked about on social media because there's not been anyone at the games. But I, I mean, I hope next I'm season, wrong, I'm, Peter. I'm sure I'm they'll be at the game. But I see serious disorder occurring at games where political divisive views. Well, this is yeah. So we interesting to see what happens. Manifested. Because I, so I think example, what we go to Burnley or something, and there's a load of racism there. Yeah. For example, as there was when a few uh, liberal-minded as people there was are, when uh, Gate and Bong played yeah. there, and uh, that's going to kick off more now because I think people are becoming more animated. Well, well, the big thing about as well is I'm convinced that most teams will take the knee at the start of the season now after what happened at the Euros. They might not have done yeah. if it had been. Fine. Yeah, and for me, it, it by the way, a, it might have been. I a point think we should take it. the knee forever until. Yeah. Racism is eradicated. Which is eradicated. It's always going to be some moron somewhere. I know, I know people have said. But yeah, Burnley away, I can imagine there being yeah. booing of players taking the knee. Oh, it's 100% yeah. guaranteed. I guarantee you that will happen. And I, I'm hoping to go to Burnley, yeah. and I, I, I promised myself after after Guyton Bond game that I would never, well, I wouldn't go there for a I long time. I can't believe you're going, Peter. But, I'm not going there. Well, I'm not going there. It's because it's the first chance to see a game in such a long time. I don't care. I, I just can't go. I can't, I can't stand them. No, I no, can't no, res- no, no disrespect to the decent guys, and there are decent guys that support them. Yes, but ironically, I know one. I know them, Charlton. I know there's a load. There, there will be a load of decent guys there. Not everyone's a racist because they live in Burnley, but they have a disproportionate number of bigoted morons in Burnley. Yeah, I've never seen and on someone. On that basis, why would I go there versus yeah. other games? I know you, I'm not right. going to go to every match of the season. So you're right. I, I wouldn't have gone there, but it is the first. I mean, obviously, you saw the Man City game, and I feel. Mm. I, I just missed it so much that I really want oh, to go I'm to a game. Oh, I'm trading off the Man City game for weeks and weeks. Yeah. I might not go to a game ever again, actually. <laughs> It'd be a good one to end with, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we beat, we beat the champions Dan Byrne beat Man City. We are the champions of England, yes. Put it Dan Byrne beat Man City. <laughs> On his own. 
Anyway. But, yeah, I, I th- but I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not particularly looking forward to it, but... Oh, we got sat. Are you in? Have you got a couple of minutes? I haven't actually. No? <laughs> I do love this podcast, though, yeah. Yes, good man. <laughs> he's not available. Sam, the West Ham fan, I thought we were getting him in for a minute, but he's not He's not in for... He's not a racist, by the way, just to say. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just... I think things will get worse before they get better. Yeah, I think, I think it's a bit I think we'll obviously we'll, we'll start hearing again now, now that obviously the last like 15 months has been social media abuse of players, which is terrible. Mm. Um, but at least it's probably easier, frankly, to catch the defender because you can track, you know, their kind yeah. of um, their computer, they can track them through that. When it gets back to the ground, it's quite hard sometimes to see who it was who. You yeah. know, kind of who who did it, and it will be it'll be back to players getting abuse at grounds, and yeah. you know, I reckon a lot of the players in some ways have actually quite enjoyed playing in front of empty stadiums yeah. because of. I the, mean, if, if we were saying uh, black guys scumbags are Albanians scumbags, Romanians, any of that, whatever category you come up with, are there scumbags amongst them? Yeah, of course there are. That's we're not denying doesn't that. Mean anything, though, that exactly, doesn't yeah, mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. The point is. More than ever, that will be true, firstly, of Anglo-Saxons. And secondly, whether that, that second point is true or not, that doesn't mean you should abuse anyone else. Well, exactly. I mean, it's, we You're all, a decent we all have, guy. We all have, I'm a decent guy. We all have players that we get frustrated by who maybe dive a bit or that yeah. sort of thing. Or, you know, we all kind of like... But, I mean, what, what, what is it, interests me is what players who are, um, who are, you know, basically kind of um, black or ethnic minority players who are... Mm. Playing for a team, yeah. who are then their fans are abrasively abusing the other team. Feel because mm. yeah. like, that was always a thing, wasn't it? Even back in the old days. Yeah, it's like, it's like how oh, you're all right. You're one of us. Yeah, how does it? We get abrasively. Yeah, like, exactly. It makes no sense if you've got if you if you've got yeah black and ethnic minority. Uh, and Paul uh, Canaville was racially abused by players. his own fans. Yeah, Chelsea. How does that work the other way around? You know, it's kind of like well, surely someone how from do you the think other they're going to be okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, it it, it, doesn't, it doesn't. It's completely flawed logic. It's Is like, there a delusion that yeah. the club transcends colour? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I, I, you know, I have players that I don't like. Grealish is. We were chatting with a Villa fan earlier. Grealish is one I don't like because obviously, if he'd scored and won the game on uh, Sunday, I'd, I was so I'd have itching for that. Hat to I, I literally would have forgiven <laughs> so him so pretty much everything. No, it wouldn't have annoyed me. I'd have been absolutely ecstatic, and and, it, and we'd have we'd have won the Euros and. I would have forgiven him probably most of the goals he scored against us and quite a lot of the diving. I'm, I'm um, just picturing a, a you celebrating with a glass of champagne and I'm going to put massive letters Grealish above your forehead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but, but we all anyway. have players we don't like, but it doesn't matter to me. It's never mattered whether, you know, what ethnicity they are, what, you know, any religion they are, what background they are and like that. It's just that the certain players irritate me, you know, because... Mm. Because in Greenish's case, because he often scores against us, frankly, yeah. and because he does dive quite a lot. Um, Zaha, obviously, nothing to do with his race. It's to do with the fact that he always scores against Brighton. Yeah. And he's a bit of a prick, frankly, towards us as well as players. Yeah. And yeah. he dives a lot, you yeah. know. Nothing to do with, you know, no. his background. Is, you know, it it's the never, fact he's a palace. It should never and be, be to do with be the fact that the way, you know, the, arguably the way he plays is a bit, you know, he does cheat a bit. And see the fact that he yeah he does enjoy scoring against Brighton hmm. and has and done quite regularly. Peter, you and I can't stand each other. We've, we're of the same, yeah. the same, <laughs> the same background. I can't stand myself. No, no, I can't. <laughs> I, I, rage, I, I I verbally abuse myself in the mirror every morning. So I get anyway, up, you know, um, it's like yeah. kind of like that's the only reason I know I'm awake in the morning. <laughs> Slap yourself in the face. You're yeah. an absolute <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> 
Your podcast yeah. is the worst in the world. Well, that that goes without saying, doesn't it? But anyway, on that matter, we should be get normally. We should probably <laughs> we should probably wrap this up. I know there's been a bit of a rant, but I I cannot stand racism. I cannot stand no. minus abuse. I know you can't, Peter, and I doubt that any of our listeners can. If you were a racist and you're listening to this, <laughs> please write in um, <laughs> or fuck off. You, either of those, I don't mind which. Um, but yeah, on a serious note, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, football is a passion for probably for everyone who listens to this show and to us Absolutely. and to so many people. And so, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us are brilliant, you know, great people who want to go to football, want to kind of like support our team and you know, we'll boo the opposition occasionally as a cheerful thing and that sort of thing, uh, you know, to try and like put them off and that sort of, etc. or in a derby or whatever. But we're all kind of united by one thing and I think football does unite more than it divides. The mm. sad thing is that the divide, divide divisions are the things we will talk about, the yeah. morons, the idiots, the, the Unfortunately, racism. Unfortunately, you have to talk about it more. Yeah, it's get, disproportionate, Get talked it? about it. Well, mm. because they never talk about it, you know. Mm. I mean, most football fans I ever meet are great people. We get a chat, have a chat about football, and football unites. I mean, you know, when I was at school, people, people were like, you've chatted yeah, over football so again. much. When I've, like, so many people I've met in my, you know, adult life, you're just like, don't necessarily know very well, but you can just get onto football, and it's like such an easy thing yeah. to talk about. And time and again, you'll be in a pub, won't you? And you'll be having a chat with a random stranger. Yeah. Brilliant. It's, it's so it, it's such a, it's such a unified, exactly and especially if you support a, yeah again I'm saying a, a non-big six team because in some ways they don't necessarily understand the kind of pain that most football fans go through of relegation of you know most top six sides don't fans don't get it you know they're like well I finished six this year that was terrible it's like well <laughs> it's not quite <laughs> the same you don't know you've lived but you boys, know, you don't but know it, you've it lived. can be such an amazing force and such and it makes me so sad when it gets connected with such mm. horrendous abusive players and horrendous like abuse of genuine countries as well and that sort of thing and the way people behave because it is such an amazing I, I we have both we basically we've, we basically spent so much time over the last year and a half doing a podcast about football yeah. about our love of football yeah. it's such an amazing sport it's such an Bloody amazing love it, spectacle Peter. and it's like it's yeah. It's my main passion my, in life, basically. Say, um, other, other than fee, obviously. I need to make that. <laughs> I was gutted to say, unfortunately, um, we were hoping to get a Brentford fan on. We're, we're, we're hoping to get him on next week, who is, A, a Brentford fan. They've got promoted to the Premier League. Secondly, he's an England fan, which would have been interesting to see his yeah. views. Thirdly, he happens to be a black England fan. So we had a number of issues to talk about. Hopefully, we'll get him on next week. Chris and Janet, who are members of Seagulls Ever London, they are uh, ardent England fans, travelling all over the place, watching games. We're hoping to get some opinions from them as well over the next week or so. Uh, if you're listening, Chris and Janet, hello as well to you two. Um, you also did a weird wave and say Yes, I did well. a weird wave. No one could see the wave. <laughs> Why did I do the wave? That was ridiculous. Well, A bit like my trying to do showing the height earlier or something. Like that, wasn't it? <laughs> sort of like of, of uh, how Pickford put his arm in the air for that penalty. I was doing but, a windmill thing yeah. for the... For, for, for the uh, for the Pickford thing anyway but, yeah. But yeah so but she went on a positive football is an amazing thing I mean the, the last four weeks have been incredible it's been such a great it's been tournament it's a great tournament and I mean I'm not such a big fan of the Euros really because I do love the World Cup because of the the South American teams and African teams frankly are generally much more interesting to watch they're Absolutely. generally much better teams much more exciting games involving them they're kind of and you always get one of the African teams coming from nowhere and yep. like Senegal like Ghana so, like, so what you like, like Cameroon Nigerian kids and close ups of Brazilian women <laughs> objectified on the screen obviously yeah yes, yes. Um, but yeah so it's, it's so much off more 
it's just such a better tournament from being around the world and yeah the kind of South American teams and African teams are such an exciting watch compared to say some of the more England and Italy being examples European teams however this is probably my favourite Euros and we've even more than 96 and, and it was such a good tournament England did so well and and yeah, football is such an amazing sport and I can't wait to be watching it live again this season. Mm. It's going to be such a good, yeah, so great to be back at the Amex. Hopefully on, mm. what's it, the 8th, 8th, no, 20th of August, 21st of August, something like that? Yeah. For, well, Watford? 21st. 21st, yeah. Mm. It's going to be so good yeah. to be back because I've, you know, obviously we've watched games on TV and that sort of thing, but it's not the same in any way. I can't wait to be back at the Amex no, supporting exactly. Albion and cheering us Absolutely. on. And I genuinely, it's it's my, yeah, it's, and I and it will be such a great thing, you know, to kind of experience that first atmosphere, that first game with thirty thousand, probably thirty thousand people back in there because they're going to relax the rules again on the nineteenth of July. Is going to be amazing. I think it'd be like the first game there. Probably oh, it's going to be like the first game there. It's going to be last like the last game I saw where we beat Manchester City. <laughs> all right, all right, come Mr. on. <laughs> but yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's so sad that we have to sit here for the last hour and rant about the shit in football yeah. when there's so much good. Yeah, I'm, but it's, we don't want to talk about this, yeah, do we? Exactly. It's like, but it keeps coming up. We're going to keep yeah. fucking talking oh, about it. And I'm yeah. not saying we shouldn't talk about it, but I'm saying that yeah. it's so sad that we have to talk about the minority, very, very yeah. small minority of morons mm. when actually there's so much amazing stuff in football, mm. so much positive stuff that goes on that we should be focusing on. You know, that it's such a, you know, a unifying sport, such a great sport. And... Also, well done to every single one of those England players. But even if they were just training like Ben White and just training with the squad and on the bench a couple of times, every single one of you did your nation proud and the coaching staff. You did amazing. And you've, you've literally brought back the passion of this country in, in our national team over the last three, four years. When it, but when after we lost to Iceland, you really kind of gave up on them. And, you know, it doesn't matter what, what, what race you are, where you're from, what part of the country you're from, who you play for. You have literally done your country proud and... Fair play to you, every single one. Yeah, well done. Well said, Peter. I think that's absolutely spot in, spot on. And yeah, people will embrace the country, wherever, whatever their backgrounds are. Yeah. People of all sorts are embracing the country, enjoying the games, and that's what it's all about. And for anyone else that's not into that, you can piss off. Yeah, because we don't care about you. I've got I've got friends who have no interest in football who were like following passionately following that tournament. Yeah. And the yeah. team and that if sort of If you're not thing. into football, fair enough. But if you're not into humanitarian equality, you can piss off. Yes, yeah. agreed. That's nothing to do with politics. That's to do with basic common decency. Yeah. On that matter, we shall finish. So we'll, we'll finish in the usual way. We did talk about the Albion much earlier in this podcast, didn't we, Peter? So let's just quickly, and in dispatches mentioned again by saying, stand or fall. Up the Albion. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.